Hi everyone, and welcome to the 46th episode of Slime Time Side Quest, an official Dragon's Den podcast. This is your host, Yangus T1. And this is Platy the Legendary Jeweled Slime. This week, we've brought an amazing cast together to talk about our best, worst, and most meh video games we've ever played. And instead of some silly old Platy doesn't understand opening, let's get right into it. That's right. Joining us tonight, back for his hundredth time or so, it's Platy. Thank you. Woo! Thank you so much. Oh, man. Thank you. I mean, it's a little crowded in here. Um, let me scoot over here because joining us tonight and right here next to me, it's Yangus. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you, too. Oh, thank you. Thank you all so much. You're a wonderful crowd. Oh, uh, yeah. You're most welcome, man. Hey, there you go, Yangus. You told me uh, with the inflation and all the supply chain issues, we had to start cutting it back a little bit. So I think I've succeeded. Yep. All that T-shirts, all those T-shirts, everything else that we had, you know, just Ugh. had to really start cutting the budget down here. I mean, mm -hmm. we can't even afford a studio to record this. It's just it's terrible. Ugh, but I know. I'm in the garage tonight. <sighs> yeah, it's just cold, this cold Florida garage. It's a whopping 70 degrees out here. It's freezing cold. Man, you should have been in here earlier. It was like 98. Little known fact, Platy and I are always recording right next to each other down in Florida. I fly down there every time. <laughs> hey, I mean, it makes for good podcasting, right? We've never heard one complaint. Nope. Not one. Although, I was a little confused why Platy came out to the garage wearing nothing at first, except for this large parka coat for the cold. I don't understand why. He looks like Kenny from South Park. So I mean, I it's mean, February. It should be cold in here, right? That's March, Platy. You're, you're a month oh, behind. Son of a damn bitch. March. You're a month behind. Ah, no wonder it was like 89 degrees today. Yep. That's tragic, tragic, tragic. Okay, well... uh uh, with no one else here besides us, you know, and par everything down with no one else here tonight, except you and me and an intro mm -hmm. half a page long, you know, I'm forced, you know, I'm forced to agree with what we were talking about before. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Hey, 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 Yangus, what do you, what do you think about this intro? What, what would you rate it? Like good, bad, just, you know, man, you know, it's, it's definitely man. Okay. Uh, all right, look, okay, folks, um, as you might have guessed, this episode is just me and Platy, you know, all joking aside, uh, and we're going to, you know, play a little guessing game with one another. Uh, we've each come up with five games that we love, five we hate or just strongly dislike, and five we've played that we were just, you know, completely meh for us. No, not good, not bad, just middle of the road. Uh, we didn't really set up any other parameters with each other. Uh, we're just, uh, we're not going, or, excuse me. We're not just going to try to list them off, but, you know, we're going to guess each other's list beforehand. See how well, you know, we know the idiosyncrasies of each other. Mm. Now, before we get into it, it was uh, nice having some of y'all. You know, I, I think we're probably going to lose some subscribers here because of my choices. Um, and Yangus, you have been and always will be a friend. Live long and prosper without me. Yeah, we're probably going to lose some subscribers, too, from that joke I made about you wearing the park and nothing but that. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. The Sorry, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Florida weather, man. It just is Sorry, driving my brain. It's just driving my brain crazy. It's just. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I, I take it you pulled zero punches with your choices, but. Oh, zero. You know, zero. Bef yeah. Before we before we start guessing, um, just want to give, you know, the audience, listeners, everybody a little bit of context for how this episode uh, came about. So uh, over the last few weeks, I've uh, just because with the winter weather, sometimes being home extra days because not being able to work, whatever the case, I've started watching a lot more of uh, Red Letter Media, which is you know, a long running channel on YouTube. They have their own website and everything. And um, one of the videos of theirs that I came across 
was this three-parter series of John Carpenter films where they reviewed his, uh, it was just a list between two of the guys where they talked about like the worst, the meh, and then the best. And because those guys talk about movies all the time, uh, I happen to be, I happen to get um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, classic Clint Eastwood movie. You know, one of the you know classic defining spaghetti western films on the brain. And after watching their John Carpenter videos, I got this um, idea starting to pop in my head. What it's like, you know, that'd be a, you know kind of an interesting thing to talk about. Where we like Patty and I uh, picked you know five of our favorite games, five of our least favorite, five meh ones. You know, ones that were just kind of middle of the road, and just do this uh, a short little episode on that. You know, talk about them as much as we want to. You know, just kind of give brief explanations, go into detail, you know, whatever we wanted to do. So just had kind of the sudden inspiration to do it. I reached out to Platty, see if he was up for it. And we just kept it uh, between the two of us just to, you know, keep a little more streamlined. You know, we're always happy to have all the guests, but, you know, just to make this go just a, you know, a little faster. I, I definitely think this would be an idea we could revisit with other people in the future just to, you know, see what their list would be like. But, yep, that's just a, just a little bit of context for this episode and how it all came about. So with all of that said... Plenty. I think we should start with our least favorite slash the bad. Oh, we'll go to the slam list first. Yep. Let me scroll down. Slammer. Slammer, lemma, ding dong. The FU list. So I don't know how you came up with your worst, but uh, I'm going to give just a 20 second here how I came up with my uh, worst versus meh. So it, it may be a little bit different how you did it. My worst are the games that I played all the way through and or at least a good chunk of them. And I think that's what bred my hatred of them. Like, why did I keep playing this game? I should have cut it off a long time before. <laughs> but no, nope, I kept going. I kept I, I knew what I was doing, and I just kept doing it. Um, whereas the meh are kind of games like I was like, oh, you know, most of them I didn't finish or I didn't get great into because just it was like, yeah, this isn't a me game, you know. Mm-hmm. So now the, uh, the worst were games that shouldn't have been me games, and I should have realized a lot sooner. <laughs> The, yeah. the whole reason why one of my uh, gaming goals, I think, a few years back was to stop playing games that I don't enjoy. Oh, yeah. It's okay. Just cut it down. Figure out the cut ones you down. really want to play. Yep. Yeah. I, I kind of had the same approach. My least favorite were ones that, like you, I've played through them, and it just was kind of one of those things where afterwards I'm like, why did I keep playing that? I wasn't having fun. I don't know why mm-hmm. I was you know, putting myself through it. Um, there's one on there that is not... A case of that but only because uh well when i talk about it i'll explain why but there's only one of them on there that i did not beat but it's you know it's not like i'm out of anything from the cost of it uh for the meh ones uh those were ones that i picked that you know there's stuff that i like about them and there's they're ones that i've enjoyed playing it you know i don't regret playing them but at the same time they aren't necessarily ones where i feel like a super strong urge to go back to them maybe every few years or so just kind of ones that you're just I, meh on. <laughs> yeah yeah you know what just it's just meh just put it just it's just meh <laughs> just leave it at that Enough not said. bad not good just um wants to go Another back to road. every yep. every rare occasion but yeah so uh why don't we start with you platy what's the what's the first one you had on your list for the least favorite all right so you and i talked beforehand that we didn't really like rank these in any way it's just a conglomerate of five so it was a uh, just just the way they uh, flew out of my hands. Um, and I think this one I put down first just because it was it was a uh, PlayStation game of the month last month, this month, something. Good old Legend of Dragoon. <laughs> Screw that fucking game. <laughs> oh. oh, you know, four discs that game was four discs for the PS1. And it was at least 
four discs too many. Uh, I'm just going to put it right there. Uh, the graphics, I mean, and this is this is a complete me thing, the graphics, because I really dislike pre-rendered backgrounds. I hate that fixed perspective. So right there, that was a bad one. I've said this a million other times. I PS1 is not my home system. It was not what I really enjoyed that era of gaming. I grew up with a Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and then kind of didn't play a lot of video games until the DS era, uh, like tail end of GBA into DS. So I kind of missed the whole PS1 era, 3D era to begin with. And just those are graphics I can't I, I can't go back to too much. Um other than that, you know, this game's got pretty slow-ass battles. I was watching a video the other day on this, and it was great because I Googled. I was like, what did other people dislike about this game? Because this, ga- this game's going back like 14 years I played it. Um, I, I could tell you the month and the day that I finished this game, and I'll get to that story in a minute. But like, I couldn't remember specifically a lot of the bad other stuff, but some guy had a video up and he's like, well, just watch how this battle begins. It was 90 seconds long, just a random encounter, which that rate is through the roof pretty much in this game too. Random encounter. It took 90 seconds to do three battle actions just because there's like a little battle animation for everything. And like, uh, now I think the timing elements during fights, um, well, not implemented well, was a good idea. It just had crappy timing on it. Um, seen a lot of stuff about inventory management. I don't really remember that at all. But uh, I do remember at one point in the game when I was playing it, I wanted to go back to a town. I have no recollection why. Again, 14, 15 years ago. Um, but you had to switch discs to go back to old towns. You actually had to switch the disc. You're on disc three. You want to head back to that town you were in about 10 hours ago? Oh, well, you got to pop the disc out and put the other disc in. Because, um, again, four discs. Four discs to flop between. And just uh, you know, all those re- reasons. Plus, I've got complete poop-colored glasses on for this one, too. Um, this is the game that I was playing in August of, uh, 2008, 2007, 2008. Um, and like I finished it up, like the day I finished it up, um, towards the end of summer, right before school was beginning, my ex-wife walks in like, yeah, you know, I think we should finally, uh, pull the chain on this one. You know, why don't you move out and well, we can start divorce stuff. So like. Probably within like three or four hours of beating this game, that discussion began. So, a lot, of, a lot of fond memories is what you're telling. Yeah, me. Tell lo- us. lots of fond memories of this. <laughs> like, you know, everything's great. I love my life now. Got a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. Thank goodness that break happened. But you know, in in the moment, that's a really like shitty memory to have. Like, yeah, yep. Like, and in, in the end, you know, it, it was fitting. Like, thank God that I wasn't playing like Dragon Quest Eight that day. I mean. Oh yeah, I'm glad this bad memory is associated with this bad game. No, it's it's weird how like that can happen. Like you can get a song or a game or a movie or something associated with a memory that can be good or bad, and when you you mm-hmm. see it or you hear about it, you're just like, Ugh. well, well, don't worry, we're not going to talk about Legend of Dragoon anymore. You can you can sleep peacefully <laughs> oh, tonight now. Oh, so uh, put polygons out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> little polygons <laughs> flying out of your brain. But uh, I'll go on to my first um, least favorite uh, game on here. Um, like Platy's, my list is not really in any particular order. It's just sort of how I came up with them when I was um, making my list. Uh, first one, and Platy may or may not hate me for saying it, is uh, Persona Q, Shadow of the Labyrinth. Oh, I knew there'd be a Persona in here somewhere, but that that was not where I would have thought. <sighs> yeah, I so 
the the idea for this game it was like a combination of Persona, uh, the Etrian Odyssey series from the DS and 3DS. You know, sort of this crossover between Atlas franchises. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be like one of the big spinoffs for the DS. And, you know, visually, I think the game looks fine. It's got the chibi look for the characters. The environments look good. You know, the music's always good because, you know, thanks to Soji Maguro, uh, you know, he always does a good job. But I just did not enjoy playing this game. And that, to me, is a is a big component. And that's pretty much why all of these games are my least favorite are here. Because, like, you know, when you play an RPG, some people go in for the story. Some people are more for the characters, you know, exploration, all that stuff. I just want, you know, a, a good, solid gameplay loop. And I was expecting this was going to be more like the Etrian Odyssey games where, you know, you have that team customization, the map drawing. And, you know, there are elements of that. Like, that is present in Persona 3. I was going to say, those, those are both there. <laughs> but the thing is, is that the game itself is just not fun to experience in my opinion Mm -hmm. so i'm not a fan of how the combat mechanics work it's cool that everybody can equip a sub persona so you know it can help cover their strengths or weaknesses or give them uh you know some extra skills and stuff but the way the mp economy works in the game is just it's it's kind of not worth using spells because it drains your it drains your mp so fast you can use um spells to you know take out enemies faster to strike their weakness and then you get a free cast of it the next turn but you're still gonna run out of mp really quick and in a you know in a dungeon crawler you don't want to have to keep going back to town or going back to the like the hub to get yourself healed up and only make a little bit of progress at a time and you can get around this by using something that admittedly i use because i just really just did not give a crap after a while and use the overpowered like hama and mudu spells which basically kill all random encounters for 90 percent of the game and if you start with the uh, persona 4 side of things you get Nauto, who has instant access to both. So <laughs> she pretty much becomes your MVP if you just want to breeze through the game and not well, worry like about random <laughs> yeah. And really, like, for Dungeon Crawlers for me and why I was such a big fan of the Etrian series was that the dungeons have a really nice, you know, design philosophy to them where you have your foes that are, you know, placed in just the right ways or each floor has a different sort of setup for them. You can find these little shortcuts and stuff. And I thought that there were parts of Persona Q that had some good design choices for, like, the floors and stuff. But my God, the further you go into this game, it kind of just felt like they were like, um, uh, how can we make it harder? Uh, just start putting a bunch of flo- uh, bunch of the foes, which are, like, the on-screen enemies. Uh, just start mm-hmm. putting them in, in select places, and they're really intrusive and in the way. Uh, there's really odd dungeon mechanics, like, oh, you have to carry this candle, uh, and, you know, you can't let it burn out, or you have to solve these puzzles in order to get through these uh, particular rooms and stuff in the uh, in the horror schoolhouse setting. Oh, you didn't enjoy the baby crying sound <sighs> no. over and over and over and over again? <laughs> no, and I did not like... The, the worst part of the game was... Um, I kind of knew about it before I got to it. Everybody kept complaining about the Inaba Pride exhibit, which is the fourth mm. uh, major dungeon. And I was like, well, it can't really be that bad. Oh, it's that bad. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> oh, it's that fucking bad. <laughs> but no, there's just so... That that was one of the things that really just started irking me, too, because I, I got to the point with this game, and I normally don't do it, even with, like, regardless of what game. I put it down on the easiest difficulty setting and just pretty much blaze through it after a while, because I'm like, I do not give a shit about actually trying to learn and play this game the way it wants me to. I'm just... I, I was interested in the story about the characters Zen and Ray, like the two new characters. And I liked how there was a whole theming thing going on with the labyrinth and how everything all played together with the settings and the environments of each of them. Like they're like, even though this is on my least favorite list, I, there is stuff that I like, you know, it's like the other persona games. There is stuff I like, but the gameplay side of things, I just did not enjoy it. I found it more annoying than fun. I didn't find, um, 
some of the character interactions that were popped up all the time very interesting. I, I just got to the point where I was like, I just want to be done with the game. I did beat it, but, and there, like I said, there is uh, some good music and there's some really cool, like little crossover stuff that does pop up for, um, you know, the Etrian stuff, like you have a battle theme by Yuzo Koshiro, who's the composer for the Etrian series, uh, for one of the bonus bosses. Uh, there's also the design for uh, Zeus in this game, uh, is designed by the guy who does the monster designs for the Etrian series. I forget his name, unfortunately, but it's this really cool, um, almost like a, a Colossus type of look, like or what is that? Oh, the Titans, excuse me. The Titans were the one that, like, Zeus had to hide away, or, like, locked away in the Greek mythology. It kind of has, like, that sort of look to him, and it's a really cool idea. But, yeah, I don't know. This game just, I, I like the story elements, and I like uh, how Zen and Ray's part, you know, their parts played into everything. And it was kind of cool with some of the interactions. Like, I liked how there's a scene late in the late game where uh, Sinjiro and uh, Koromaru actually make the choice to not let their personas get stronger simply because there's uh, story reasons to it. But... Yeah, just I just didn't find the game very fun to play. I, I just got really annoyed with the dungeon designs and the enemy and the foes. Oh my god, there's so many goddamn foes in this game. Like I like people say like, oh, Etrian's hard because of all the foes. No, this fucking game is hard because of the foes. Because you can't get around them half the time and you have to just run for your life. Ugh, well, you so know annoying. what? I, I I'm gonna counter that for a second. And maybe my memory is completely wrong. And it probably is about all that. This game I thought. I was amazed that I could beat a foe on the first floor before I had completed the second floor. Because it, it wasn't it one like a card with the heart of diamonds or something like that. The very first foe in this game. Or am I yeah. completely mistaken? No, no, you're right. You you can beat it. I mean, you can beat like any like if you, really you can fight any foe you want to. Oh, yeah, I mean, the fact that there's tons of them. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. But yeah, there's fact, just numbers I have no memory of, and that could have really been a big ass problem later. Hundred percent agree. But I that's the one thing I remember about this game is the foes coming from Etrian Odyssey. And I was like, oh shit! Like one of them got me, and I was like, ah! And I beat it like going all out, like final boss level balls to the wall use everything i have and i was like oh it can be done and then of course i didn't try again because i was raised on a tree odyssey don't do that yep <laughs> don't do it until you're higher levels <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah but yeah it's again like even though this isn't least favorite i don't think the game itself is just outright like everything is terrible about it but just the design choices for some of the dungeons and the foe placement and stuff it just gets it's more annoying than, like, challenging. And I, I, I'm i not a fan of that. Like, that's why I like Etrian Odyssey a little more. And why it's one of my favorite series, because there's a nice balance for it. But anyway, I've talked about this one long enough. What's your next one, Play? <laughs> All right, my, uh, my next bad one I'll go to. And this is definitely some, like, recency bias here. It's uh, one I played through last year. I was big into the 3DS for a while last year for a period of a few months. I beat frickin' Mario Brothers Puzzle and Dragons. Oh, and yeah, you did play that one. I forgot. Screw that game. I tell you, <laughs> I had fun because it did have eight worlds. Um, I had fun through about the middle of World 3 or middle of World 4. It became like, holy crap, I can't do enough damage like through doing puzzles because it, it's kind of like a match three kind of thing. Um, or puzzles and dragons. If you ever played any puzzles and dragons, it's it's that yeah. it, it's got kind of the match three mechanic basically going on. Um, yeah. And you can pick characters to equip like mar it's got like all the different marios you can have mario you can have like little mario you can have fire mario you can have swimming mario um because there's all the different colors on the screen and the swimming mario gives you more points if you match the blue ones and the fire mario gives you more with the red red ones well 
kind of at some point around in, in the middle of the third or the middle of the fourth, I'm like, none of these guys are doing like enough damage. Like I cannot, I, I'm matching like crazy. They're, they're, I'm, I should not be taking seven, eight minutes for random battles. Like, because you, you go through the level and it kind of looks like on the screen at the top, you're, you're like going through a Mario thing, but you're, you're moving from point to point and having to do a little battle at each point. Um, and I was like, man, these, these runs are taken way more than they should have. Like I'm a world four, four. Why is it taking me like 25 minutes to go through world four, four? Like this, this it was like eight minutes on uh, one world ago. Like this shouldn't have, I, I got more powerful. They got more powerful. Like, Whoa, where was this? And I started realizing there was um, a Mario and a Luigi character that if you use them, if you could trigger like a second or a third, I think it was a third cascade together. Like if you got a match and then they fell and another match happened, another match happened. Well, it started multiplying damage, gosh, by like, I want to say by like three to five, if you could get that third one. And if you had the Mario and if you had the Luigi, well, suddenly they're both multiplying damage by three and you're like getting nine times the damage. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is actually working out. Like, okay, now I'm back to my damage output. For the rest of the game, I had to use those two because there was no other strategy to get good at this game. And reading up on, finally, I was like, okay, this game's like 10 years old. There's got to be strategies out there. And reading up on it, a lot of other people were like, yeah, they're the only two. Like, you've got like 25 people you can be choosing from at different points. And honestly, these are the only two that really keeps it going with the damage output. Instead, you like, you start mixing and leveling up some of these other weird combinations of shit. And like, basically, if you're just trying to finish this game, you're good just going through it. And at one point, I went to a level that I read you could grind for one ups. And when I got to the end of the game, I just basically I think I died five. I didn't even care. I was like, I'll just die five or six times on the last couple levels just because I got all these one ups and I will sacrifice myself to just finish the game. Don't even care if it takes me five deaths to beat Bowser. No, I just want to be done with this game. And it just the fact that it had all this customization there that could have been cool. And really it was like, no, nah, you really got to just use these two if you're going to want to actually do anything. And like, it just became such a grind. Like it didn't need to be a 25, 35 hour puzzle game. It, it should have been a lot quicker than that. And to slap Mario and Luigi on, you know, a free to play game like Puzzles and Dragons that's on the 3DS. So you've already bought it and it's, uh, you know, it, you don't need to have that grind to then have people buy premium currency or anything like it should have been balanced better. It just was completely unbalanced, mm. played like a freaking mobile game. You know, it's kind of what I wanted because I wanted the touch controls or whatever, just to have the 3DS experience. And but God damn, there, there was just it, it's so tunneled you into doing only one thing when it had a million possibilities that you could have done. Hmm. And yeah, just annoying you know that's interesting because i remember you posting and telling us about your experience but now you were just like oh you know this game is just yeah <laughs> super annoying and everything but you know i i like i honestly had have no info or know anything about this game like i know i'm the mar like i'm kind of like the mario fan amongst amongst all of us like the do slime time so you know just talk about all the time but this is one that i never played and i never really knew any info about it so it, i mean it, it's just after, a reskin of another game so it, oh, yeah it's not a too. mario game yeah and then you telling us about like uh, your experience not only here but you know in the past it's like god what is what's up with this game like i'm i like i know you're not a big fan of mario like the character and everything but it's like it's like what's up with the game itself like there's just something like is it not balanced right well it, that, I, there, we there it is answer. not balanced I never right yep. into it. Oh <laughs> you know god. give you give you 30 
you know, when you have these two characters that can do nine times the damage, ten times the damage, as long as you can match three at a time, basically, and nobody else does that, like, you got to do that. Yeah. And I guess they balance the game around that, so everybody else is trash at that point. You know, that's a shame to hear that, too, because, like, I remember one of the big previews was showing, like, you get to team up with all these different Mario enemies and, like, combinations. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can have the Goombas, you can have the whatever. And to me, that was a really cool thing to see because, uh, you know, growing up with the Mario games and like all these different creatures you encounter you know hearing that there was a way like a game that you could play it with these different combinations it wasn't one that i was probably going to pick up but it was like oh you know that's still you know a pretty cool idea but what's the point of doing that if there's like two really overpowered characters <laughs> there's no then, incentive like to said, do that and you know what two overpowered characters i'd be all for that but when the game's then like balanced around those two overpowered characters yeah you, you have no choice yeah that, like that, i mean sorry, if the game was balanced normally you could do whatever, you know, yeah. and if you want to use the OP, cool, and place for the game, cool. If you want to just play with whoever you want, you know, that's easy enough, too. But now you couldn't play with whoever you want, yeah. unless you were a hell of a lot better than I could find people online that were. <laughs> yep. Sorry, that, that, I, that I should have clarified that's what I no, that's fine. Like, that, um, you know, if you're balancing the game around that fact, then it, it, no. <laughs> no, that's not fun. Then you just have to keep doing the same thing over and over, you know, and mm-hmm. some people might want to try the, you know, customize their teams or, you know, try out some new characters. But all right. Yeah, that's too bad. But well, just like there's a lot of dragons on your list. I'm noticing plenty. I hope hopefully there's no <laughs> I, dragon quest on yours. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see next time. I'll go back to one of the other words in my list. Yes. For my first but you, game. But, you know, speaking of dragons, my uh, next game for least favorite is Dragon Quest Nine. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I could have. Oh, I, I knew you were going there at some point. Dun, dun, dun. Should have made my guess. All right, go ahead. Slam or lamma ding dong this one. Well, Damn, turn this episode off. You don't want to hear this. Well, you know, I would slam it, but, you know, it's been such a mystery at this point why I don't like Dragon Quest Nine that much. So, you know what? We're just going to leave it a mystery. Sorry, Osnavar. You're not going to find out today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Play, what's your next one? All right, so my next one. And here we go. I mean, you take the shots, I'll take the shots right back. I'm going to go with the entire Saga game series. Oh my god, Dwayne, is that you? I'm going to wipe out all Saga here from my memory with one. And including, and really the epitome of it all comes down to the the Saga-inspired game, Legend of Legacy. So we've had Legend of Dragoon. Let me just slam Legend of Legacy and Saga gets a little friendly fire here with this. So uh, you're going to hear me talk my favorite games later. I love battle scene, battle systems that I can see everything. It's all laid out. The turn order, the status, this, the, you know, I was going to say who's going next, but that's turn order. But like weaknesses, strengths, have an HP bar, whatever. Yeah, well, these games, Saga and Legacy say fuck that to all that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, they don't tell me enough. They don't know. Let me know what I'm going to level up. They don't even let me level up, you know, every now and then like, oh, hey, guess what? I learned a new skill. Cool. That was fun. Um, now, my Legend of Legacy, I think I've mentioned talked about this before. I'll go real quick. I actually had a decent time with the game. I got stuck on a couple parts. I got all the way to the final boss and he had two forms, beat the first form just fine. Couldn't like make a dent in the final form. I'm like, what the heck? Like. Like, it wasn't hard, the first form, and it wasn't hard to get here. It's not like I just struggled to beat the first form, and now I'm getting smacked to the ground. It's like, no, man, I took that guy, guy pretty easy. And now I'm like, I can't even make a dent. Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, 
this difficulty curve between first and second form is ridiculous. So I battled it five, six, seven times, never got anywhere close. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll go. I need to search this up. I wasn't playing it on release. It wasn't long after, but maybe six months, enough time for there to be strategies out there. Um, so I read up on all these strategies and they're like, oh, you know, you should be having this person with this weapon using these skills. And I'm like, I don't have that skill. 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 Well, why don't I have them? Because they're all fucking random. They just pop in wherever. So I was like, oh, I'll go battle for a while, get some of these skills. Nope, never got the skills. Put another like four or five hours into the game. Tried battling hard bosses and or hard enemies and everything. Sure, I got more hit points and more magic points and whatever and some stats up, but never really learned tons of new skills. And, you know, after five or six hours of doing, you know, what little grinding you actually could in those games, it didn't it didn't work. I actually sold this game pretty quickly, ripped it out of my machine. Screw this. I'm going to sell it so I don't even have it around me anymore. (laughs) So and then, you know, that was actually my first saga like and then I went to saga previous. And, you know, you and I tried we, we tried romancing saga, too. Um, I gave that like 20 plus hours. And then uh, at one point I realized, hey, aren't we supposed to be killing like these nine? What is it? Seven gods or something like that? Uh, yeah, it's the, it's the seven heroes. Yep. The seven heroes. And, you know, one one hero you kill right at the beginning as a story beat. And I'm like, well, I'm 20 hours in. I haven't even like I don't think I've even seen another hero. So I like started trying to look up where I could find them. And I, I go, I take one on and just got like smack to the ground and i'm like okay i'm like 20 24 hours into this 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 is not going good so i stopped that um i tried the original saga game for the game boy uh walked around for a couple hours was kind of man on that one i put that in the man category not to hate it but uh i got i even like got excited bought saga scarlet grace i like two hours into it i still couldn't figure out the battle system in that like um you know, and what was that other saga? Frontiers, the one that came out two years ago. The yeah, release? that was. The, oh my poor, poor God! I, I failed horribly on that. Poor, poor I failed planet. horribly. I couldn't even get through the first so, chapter. So, I, so I, I, I just I, wanna, apparently I, I got set up though on that one. Well, you know, I, that's what I was going to say. Like, I felt terrible because. I some I accidentally set up Platy for I guess failure because before the game had pl- come out I had not played Saga Frontier I picked it up at lunch too and um or the Saga Frontier Remaster excuse me uh, I had picked it up as well and I had done a little bit of research before not trying to spoil anything but just kind of figure out you know like who are some of the you know more recommended characters to kind of start your path with and I saw a lot of people say oh if you want a more straightforward story slash path uh, Red's a good character to pick or Ricky's a good character to pick well around that time Platy was kind of messaging me like hey. I'm going to be doing this for, you know, RPG gamer. We're going to be doing you know different paths each. Like, who should I pick? And I'm like, well, these two characters are good. Maybe you should try red. And unfortunately, that set up Platy for failure. And I didn't. <laughs> I felt terrible afterwards. <laughs> I felt so bad. I, there's another one. I didn't make it more than two or three hours into the game. And I'm like, nope, this is not a Platy game. Others are going to find great fun with this. Yangus is going to love it. Nope. Give me my Dragon Quest nine. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So. Well, it's okay. You, 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 and us can, uh, you know, hate me for not like, for not liking Dragon Quest Nine, but I'll never well, tell why. It's <laughs> great. That's great. It's got the mystery can never die. It it cannot Ooh. die. It can never be revealed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, poor Platy. He Saga was not kind to him. Nope, no. She is a cruel mistress. <laughs> Very much so, in many forms. 
Yes. So what, what do you got next on your list there? Well, I mean, you've already you already slammed Persona. Let's see. You already slammed Dragon Quest. There's got to be another uh, big game out there somewhere. Well, you got a Final Fantasy on your list? Actually, no, not in the oh, okay. not in the least favorite. But um, we will, we'll get to that. Dang. So for this next one, and maybe this is going to be a surprise, and I'm sure if Penny listens to this episode, he's going to hate me for it. Uh, my next one is going to be. Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story for the Nintendo DS. So this is the third game from the Mario and Luigi series, and it was one... I have, I have kind of a weird history with this one. So way before we ever got it in America, like, you know, way back 2009, 2010, whenever it was that we got it, or when it officially came out, uh, you know, we saw previews for it from this one Japanese DS event, because it was like one of the early days of YouTube videos where people had posted like there's this big japanese event and all these ds games got announced and they showed off a brand new mario and luigi game and i was like oh it's awesome because i I love uh superstar saga i love playing partners in time uh the first ds game you know i really enjoyed replaying them and I was like, oh, great, there's going to be a brand new one. It looks really fun. It looks like they're going to bring back uh, Fawful, who was uh, one of the main villains from the first game. You know, that's great. Fawful was a, a fun character. He had all this silly dialogue. And he was like an e- he was like a, an evil genius scientist kind of character. You know, he made all these inventions and everything. So it's like, oh, probably a lot of cool stuff they'll get to do with that. Well, the game comes out in Japan. It was like March of the next year. And we never heard anything. And we never heard anything. And we never heard anything about a Western release. And it was getting to the point where it's like, well, are, like, why, why aren't we getting this game? Like, is Nintendo just not going to bring it? Like, what, what's the deal? And they revealed it. They brought it over here to America. I finally played it. It was kind of one of those games where even when it did come out, it was at that point, my hype was just totally gone. So I didn't really care. <laughs> but I played it. I beat it. But honestly, it was more out of obligation than um, enjoyment because I, I think that this is really not that fun of a Mario and Luigi game. And it's so, it sucks to say that because the Mario and Luigi games are pretty well done. They're pretty well made, especially the first game. And Partners in Time had its issues with some of its design choices and like the, you know, you had the, the, the adult Mario Brothers and the baby Mario Brothers as playable characters, but it still had a lot of that same kind of fun to it. I just really did not get, like, I, it's one of those games where I just did not have fun playing it. And the concept is a cool idea. You know, the Mario Brothers, they get shrunken down and they get inside Bowser's body because he eats them because of uh, Fawful, who was this v- returning villain. Uh, you know, you're exploring through his body. You help Bowser overcome challenges on the overworld. Uh, you know, you get to play as Bowser as well. You know, it's been a long time since he had been playable in an RPG in the Mario series. Like, I think the, the last time he was actually playable, um, not counting... Uh, his playable appearance in Super Paper Mario. Like, the last time he was playable in a turn-based Mario game was way back in, like, 1995-96 with um, Super Mario RPG. So, you know, it's been a long time coming, but, you know, from that perspective, it was pretty cool. But there's just something about this game that I didn't find it very funny, which is a shame because Mario and Luigi games usually are have some pretty funny dialogue to them and just little circumstances. You know, the Mario Brothers pantomime everything, so, uh, you know, they themselves only can react so much, but they're just... <laughs> I don't. I don't really have the best way of explaining why I'm not a fan of this game. But I just was not a fan of playing it. It just. It didn't click with me. It was not a satisfying game to play through. And it's a shame because on the original DS hardware, it is one of the better looking. Like it's all 2D. Uh, you know these really well animated sprites that they made. Everything's all very detailed backgrounds and everything. You know, it's all this great pixel art. It's it's fantastic. Game looks amazing. And these giant, the giant battles with the DS controls, where you have to use like the touch screen and like the microphone to do stuff. You know, it's it's a fun idea. But there's just something of it's one of those things. Like even all these years later, I'm still not quite sure why I don't like this game that much because it has things to it that I 
I feel like I would like and you know would love, but it just did not do. It didn't do anything for me. And for it being a Mario game that didn't do anything, that's a, a big failure in my book. So mm. that's why it's on the least favorite list. It's not a bad game by any means. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. And a lot of people, you know, say this is one of the best Mario and Luigi games, but it it did nothing for me. It really didn't. So it's it's on the least favorite. It's one that I've regretted kind of playing ever since. But not as much as some of the other ones that are on, that I've talked about. But yeah, it just I I have no desire to ever try and replay this game or pick it up again so i i expect the angry mob will be on my front door uh tomorrow morning to uh, put me on the stake and burn me like a witch <laughs> and that's yangus's inside story yep all right well um before we before that happens though uh platy what's your number four on your list okay screw this game undertale you know what <laughs> This isn't the 1920s. Why do we got a black and white video game out there? Like oh, with the battle I... sprites. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, wh- wh- why do I need a game to be dodging bullets? Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Why am I in bullet hell? Oh, you know, Undertale was a game that I, I heard people either praise it or I heard people bash the community of people that liked it. Um, I never, it, it, I mean, I'd looked at it once or twice, was like, I'm never playing this. No, this is not a me game. Um, but then I got my Vita and I had a kid, a fourth grade kid, just bug the heck of me. Just, oh, you got to play it. You got to play it. Come on, man. You got to play it. You got to play it. got to play it. And I think it was like under $5 one day over the summer. And I was like, oh, how long to beat says this is what a five, seven hour game. Like, I, I can I can do that. I can suffer through that. And I, you know what? I am not into the too much SO esoteric stuff in there like i play a game like me me hero you bad guy you die like <laughs> what did i complain about the uh bravely games at one point like i just want the fucking enemies to die when i kill them yeah not pop up and be like ha 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 good showing we'll get you later like no yeah. i killed you i beat you die yeah like due to this circumstance we are not dead ha ha well. yeah <laughs> And, and like that, there's a point of this game, like somewhat, I guess, like don't kill them. Like there, there's the mm-hmm. complete non. What's what's the run where they the pacifist run? Yeah, the pacifist. Like, well, I'm sure as hell knew it not doing that, and I'm sure as hell not going through a genocide run because I ain't got time for that. Um, it, so I just kind of generally went through and fought a flower at the end and was like okay that's the end of that i i don't know i i I think i missed the meme generation where this would make more sense to me or i'm not as in touch with you know the big picture i don't know what the big picture is here but apparently i missed it (laughs) you're you're not you're not like steve buscemi walking in in the school and being like how do you do fellow kids (laughs) like that classic meme (laughs) you don't want to talk about don't you uh no he he missed that meme (laughs) <laughs> oh that's a classic one it's just him like it's from a tv show he comes walking into this school he's got a skateboard on his back he's got like a hat ba- backwards hat oh okay like, how do you do fellow kids <laughs> <laughs> yep that's uh, i think i would have needed to be that to uh get more enjoyment out of this either that or just be one of those people online that cares a lot more about things than me <laughs> man i'm not caring I... heartless cruel person well you know, I thought I was going to die. Uh, I don't think you're going to live to see tomorrow morning, Platy, after you're <laughs> So uh, you better lock your doors <laughs> and keep sleeping one eye open tonight. <laughs> hey, you know what they say in Florida? We all got an alligator or a shotgun in our house somewhere. <laughs> uh, 
You know, I just saw an article about the floor <laughs> about a Florida man earlier. Maybe it was about you. <laughs> it might have been. You getting you getting newspapers from the future? I uh, may yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a whole back to the future kind of scenario like the timelines getting changed and everything there you go but uh yeah like i just real quick i'll i'll say like i played undertale first time i played it i was like yeah, okay whatever this really wasn't that live all the hype up it was to be i gave it another shot and i liked it more that time but at the same time it still wasn't a game where i was like eh you know i wasn't like oh my god this game is it's amazing it's fantastic and stuff it is all right this is okay had some fun stuff to it probably the the best part of that game is a. Uh, the Skeleton Brothers, Sans and Papyrus. I, I do like Sans. Then again, you know, my love of comic Sans is, you know, probably to blame for that. It was very, like, I remember when I first played that game, like, if funny enough, those two reminded me of you and me. <laughs> we are sometimes. <laughs> now, which one of us is which? I'll leave that up to audience interpretation. Mm. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, that was, that was just a game where I was okay on it, too. But, yeah, I, I remember you messaging, I think it was either me or, like, all of us, and you were just like, oh, fuck this game. This is, what am I doing? What <laughs> <laughs> well, that was just not a bat. That was not a me battle system. That was not a me graphics. That was I, I, I needed to care more about the story and the deeper implications, and I didn't at the time. I, you know, maybe it was where I played. I played that entire game sitting in the science lab desk after camp for like two weeks straight. Uh, my kids were at summer camp, so I was like, okay, I'm I'm done with camp every day at noon, but. My son's not done till three, so I'll just sit here for three hours. And I tried to put an hour of that every day and an hour of whatever else I was playing. But oh, that got rough. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's never fun. You got to drag your feet through it, too. But, you know, mm-hmm. you, get, you gave it a shot. So I guess I, I, again, a game I probably should have been after an hour like, hey, this isn't this isn't for me. Yeah. Instead of the five hours, six hours, seven hours of resentment that came later. <laughs> well, Speaking of hours of resentment, I should let me go on to my number four. So this is a game that we've actually we kind of talked about yesterday uh, off off the side when it came to music, because that's one of the few things of this game I actually really did like. Uh, the rest of it, though, can go to hell. And that is Bravely <laughs> Default 2. <laughs> oh, I knew this one was going to be on your list. Oh, my God. So some of you who listened to us, you know, you probably know I'm a big fan of the original Bravely Default game. You know, all of its flaws and rough edges you know everything i thought the game was just a lot of fun i really enjoyed how things were handled in it i mean the repetitive stuff you know it's you know take it or leave it i'm not it's not it, i didn't wasn't really bothered by it it didn't really you know ruin my enjoyment of the game personally i was just like hey more of the game to play great awesome i love this battle system it's fantastic but bravely second was one that i liked it okay there's some of the writing in that one i just not a fan of but i still at the end of the day i still enjoyed the game uh, what it wasn't quite the same as the first one, but you know it it, it had a good moment. It had its good. Blah, 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 I can't talk. It had its good. It's good moments. You know, just some really great story bits from the, some of the side quests, especially later in the game. But just one for me. But wasn't one that I hated. Bravely Default Two. This is a game that I feel like I got bamboozled with <laughs> because. At first, when I played it, we got the original demo for it, and I was like, "Oh, this demo, you know, the game's really different, but this is a you know fun idea. It's more challenging, kind of cool." The next demo comes out a few months later after some feedback from fans, and playing that demo, I was like, "This is a f- fun." Still, I think, like, I think I'm liking this. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of more challenge with some of these bosses for it, the seeming to be early in the game, but okay, whatever. You know, probably make more sense and be a little easier when you get the full game itself. Then with the full game itself comes out. And even though I got to the end and I did the multiple endings because you have to, apparently every time you, you think you beat the game, 
the game's like, oh, just kidding, you actually didn't beat the game. The, that was just a hypothetical what-if scenario. Like, what if you had beaten the game? And just, just fuck this game. Like, I just got so burnt out on it. And it really just did not have the elements of Bravely Default that I liked. I was thinking, like, okay, this is going to be more of, like, a return to form for the first game. And it really just didn't feel, like, there are certain points of the game where it felt like the first one. Like, like as soon as I got to that portion of it, uh, Wizwald, which I think is chapter two or I think it's chapter two of the game, if I remember right. Uh, you get back to the uh, Elvis's homeland. Uh, you have this forest that's covered in this strange fog and mist. And all of these um, strange circumstances are starting to happen in this town of Wizwald. And a lot of the elements that happen in this portion of the game were making me go like, oh, this is, you know, this is what I was expecting from uh, a Bravely Default game. Like, you have these characters and they're all, but, like, these uh, NPCs who are in control of the asterisks, who have, you know, their own little stories. They have their connections with one another. You know, they get that buildup. You get some of these details as you fight them. It was reminding me a lot of the first uh, Bravely Default game because that's kind of how that setup was where a lot of those things were optional and you get to learn more about these um, major NPCs that are in control of these other job classes. I like how that was handled. And I, Rizwald was feeling like that. The rest of the game, honestly, like even now talking about it and kind of remembering stuff, I couldn't tell you anything about half of the asterisk uh, wielders other than that. Oh, they had, you know, this job class and they were your enemy. Like, there's nothing about them that really stood out to me other than a select few, like the Wizwald ones or, um, the little girl from the second, or from, what is it, the desert town where she was in control of, or she's like the Beastmaster class. But I think that was more like, uh, mainly because the Beastmaster class is just so broken. Like, it just totally breaks the game's difficulty in <laughs> half if you uh, level it up all the way. But that's the thing, too, that I am not a fan of at all with Bravely Default, too. It's how it handles its boss encounters. Like, this has got to be a game that has some of the most difficult and annoying boss counters I've faced in an RPG that I've played. And it's because, like, especially as you get later in the game, any sort of attack or skill that you use, the boss will counter it somehow. They'll get an extra uh, BP point so they can use another turn when it's when it comes time for their action. Uh, they'll silence your character. They'll blind your character. They'll poison your character. They'll steal one of your turn actions. They'll lower your defense. They'll they'll basically like throw everything in the kitchen sink at you if you so much as breathe uh, at them. It's for, it just gets ridiculous, and you just kind of like the whole point of these games is to you know use the job class system to your advantage. You know, take uh, you know the fight to them or like throw their own stuff back at them. But it's really difficult to properly do that. Like, there's no like sort of setup where it tells you like, oh, uh, you know, this character who is in control of this job class uh, is known to you know really hate it when he hears. Good, like an example for me, the bard character from the beginning of the, or from one of the first parts of the game. Like there should have been some sort of setup where it's like he he's not really a fan of um, spellcasters. Like someone was uh, trying to practice their white magic or their black magic, and he suddenly went into a fit and you know si and silenced them. You know nobody knows why he did it. That could have been like a build up to like, hey, when you get to that boss fight, you know, be careful using spells or like have a way to counter that. And there's just not that build up or that sort of uh, uh, player. Uh, intuition slash um kind of foreshadowing like some other rpgs will do they'll be like oh you know if this boss you know it's getting in this position you know you don't want to attack it then like uh, final fantasy does that with some of its first boss where it's like oh if they do this action you know, you know be careful don't attack it or you know gives you the idea of like pay attention to the signs or pay attention to what you're going to do and just really this this game just felt like a slog like I know I've talked about this game playing in the past. I don't want to keep talking about it too long, but if you want it, to hear more Yangus hatred of this game, go back to games we love to hate. Last uh, 
February. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't think and it, it, it bugs the shit out of me too that Square Enix has not once updated this game on the Nintendo Switch hardware to try and fix some of the issues that it has because one of the th- and one of the things that almost made me just completely just give up on trying to even finish the game was a time where I had not one not two but three songs all looping on top of each other <laughs> all different songs. It was just the worst sound. I had to reset the console, and it didn't do it again, thankfully. But I couldn't hear what was going on. It just was like I had to turn my TV down, like completely mute the TV, because otherwise it sounded like someone was going. (laughs) Like it. There's just a lot of problems with this game, and honestly, at this point, I just kind of hope they don't do another Bravely game. Just just remaster the first one, bring it out on newer systems, find a way to cut down on the on the repetitiveness of the end game. Just don't make a new one, please. You, you, you can't do it. <laughs> oh, I was looking forward to Bravely Third Four or something like that. You know, just keep going. Name shit. <laughs> Naming conventions be damned. Yeah, it's, and I didn't think that there was stuff that like, everything was bad about this game by any means, but I just did not have fun playing it. And that's that's my big thing is that if I'm not having fun playing it, then like, what am I even doing? Like, I just beat it out of obligation because we were, um, you know, it came out and we were both excited for it. You know, we're going to do that. This was our Bravely thing. Dragon. Yeah, our Double Race Dragon Race. Yeah. You know, maybe then, because you were playing like a dragon too, and that game was like way better. You know, it's it's, it's funny because we both had like the opposite reaction. Like you, like you really liked Bravely Default too. I did. Uh, we're yeah. Just, we're just kind of meh on like a dragon, just because you know, lots of cutscenes, all that, you <laughs> know, being PS4, all that stuff. Sitting and on I was the couch, complete, falling asleep man. every night playing that game. <laughs> yep. And I was like complete opposite, where I really got into like yeah. a dragon and loved it, and then when it came to Bravely Default two, it was just was like. This, this is really boring. This is like, like I got nothing against a game that's light on story or anything, but when this is a second game in a sequel or a sec, sorry, a second game in a series where the past two have done a really good job establishing its characters and world and everything. And this game just kind of is like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. They're, yep, they're bad. Just go beat them. It's uh, kind of sucks <laughs> just to put it kind of bluntly. But yeah, I'll stop talking about that one. All right, we got one more game each. What's your yep. last one? What's your last one oh, first? I, you can probably guess because you um, reminded me. Of yes, we, yeah, that, that, so that happened before we started recording the episode. <laughs> uh, actually, it happened yesterday. I had made a. I had been playing the, the new Theorhythm Final Fantasy game on the on the Switch, and I made a comment that I got to this game's music. The only response we got from our friend Platty was, "Oh shit," <laughs> and no other context. But now tonight, nope. <laughs> we got to find out what it is. So, Platy, please tell the audience what Final Fantasy game it is. It's, uh, oh shit, it's Final Fantasy twelve. And mm. much like your Dragon Quest, you know what? I'm going to give people a little bit more than your Dragon Quest nine. All I'm going to say is after the high of highs that I had from Final Fantasy ten and Blitzball, I had to play this piece of shit because thank you, Dragon Quest eight for putting the demo disc in the Dragon Quest eight box and that demo being relatively like, ah, I could do this again. Then I realized this game doesn't have Blitzball and it plays its goddamn self. And I was done. I beat it. I beat it out of obligation because, by golly, I spent $60 on it. And hell, today I'd probably do that, too. But especially back in 2004, 5, 6, whenever this bastard of a game came out, um, paying $60, by golly, I was going to freaking put the time into it and uh, get it done. So I did. I mean, you know, again, there were, like, the other games that we've said that we disliked. There were, there were fine parts. I did, like... Um, like the bounty board or something like that. And the, uh, oh, this wasn't the sphere grid. 10 was the sphere uh, grid, no. but it, it, 
whatever this one did with the leveling, it was pretty. I, I did like that, and uh, whatever. Maybe you know what? And people told me, oh, you should try like the upgraded, the international version, the the better version that went out elsewhere. I'm like, no, no, no. The game still plays itself. Screw that. <laughs> the end. <laughs> it, it was not a me game. I was, uh, oh my God, the walking around, I remember. And here I'm already talking too much about it. I just remember walking forever. There always being enemies around, putting down the damn controller to answer the door on Halloween, putting down the controller to go cook dinner, putting down the controller to go to the bathroom. Like it, it would just, I'd come back and be like, eh, look, they're still fighting. Cool. What I miss? <laughs> I needed a little bit more engagement here. Yep. I need to get it. Some people love the Gambit system. Some people are just like, you know, they don't don't enjoy it at all, you know, because they, they like having that full control. And, yeah. you know, I, I totally get it. I I personally liked Final Fantasy 12 when I was playing through it. And I need to get back to playing it because I'm, I'm sure Platy just hates me for it. But I actually was enjoying it. But... <laughs> You, you know what, though? I will say the Gambit system wasn't a bad idea. I think it's actually really cool to be able to set that all up so it can play by itself. Mm-hmm. But the second you do that, ruined it. That, like that, that, you know, having that perfect setup was like, why do I need to be here? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's not like, like a manager of a company. To... Might as well just franchise this fucker out at this point. I don't need to be here. <laughs> It's like it just needed just a little like I I would agree with you, too. Like there's some stuff about the Gambit system that I've liked, but other stuff, it's like, you know, this I think this needs just like a little more fine tuning. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it ever will come back into another Final Fantasy game. But uh, but yeah, no, like if people who don't like this game, like after playing it myself, like I totally get why, you know, like this game wouldn't click with you or with other people. It didn't bother me that much, but I totally understand if someone was just like, oh, fuck this game. Like it just it plays itself. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know all right but, well I'll, I'll keep that one short and sweet uh you know i i asked the game you know what was its good points and it didn't tell me any so oh well <laughs> I'm like you can play yourself tell me what you're doing it's no chat gpt i'll tell you that all the characters just look at the screen and shrug <laughs> mm-hmm. all right um so for my last one this is just real quick one uh I originally wasn't sure why I wanted to put it for my last one, but then I suddenly remembered this game from like way back when I first got my Switch. Uh, it's a game called Plague Road. Uh, it was a game that popped up on sale for like under, I think it was 99 cents or for $1 exactly. And I was like, hey guys, there's this RPG that's this turn-based RPG that's on sale. And I remember it was Drippy who was like, well, yeah, I mean, you can get like a lot of better things for a dollar than that or some, some sort of comment like that. And I was like, well, it can't be that bad. Like, like it's, it's probably going to be, you know, decent enough. You know, it's on sale such a good sale oh no it's fucking bad to quote myself from earlier oh it's fucking bad (laughs) so this is a game that i can only describe as visual diarrhea so the colors are these obnoxiously bright like oranges and yellows and greens and stuff it's okay so for context this game is about a plague doctor who's like i I think he's trying to stop the plague or he's he's dressed like an old plague doctor he's like traveling along trying to help people or cure people i don't remember what the plot is but this game had like the jankiest animations the menus were glitchy from what i remember and the combat was this sort of combination of like a strategy rpg kind of like um fire emblem but all of your characters were like like none of the character designs were really good, like or uh, like appealing designs, except for the design of like the lead uh, plague doctor character because he had that you know that cool like big long bird mask. He had the the not bowler hat, but like one of those hats with like a big rim on it all around. I don't know what the proper name for that one would be. Like he had kind of this cool you know look like in this dystopia kind of world, but the game just looked ugly and it just 
played super awkwardly. Like I, I played it. I think I maybe played it for thirty minutes and was like, "Nope, done. Not playing it anymore." <laughs> That's the only game on here that I uh, from my bad list that I did not beat, just because I was like, "Nope, done. I tried. Whatever. Dollar wasted. I guess." So yeah, the only one I never beat was my Saga games, all of them. But uh, what was this called? Plague Road or Plague? I think it's Plague Road. Like it's probably on my Switch um, purchase history. But I found out the developers of it have put out a lot of other shitty games like this too, where they're really glitchy or broken, or just like there's stuff that pops up that makes them impossible to beat. So it's like, well, it explains then why so many of them go on sale for such low, 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 low prices. Hey man, this was on Vita too. Yep. Did you find it? Yeah, it's got one. Let's see, it has one. One review for the Vita. That review is a 42 out of 100. <laughs> oh, that's generous. <laughs> yeah, this was this was a game that I actually just thought about just before we started recording this. And I was just like, oh, my God, I remembered that game. I hated that game. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, this is great. The blurb here is awesome. <clears throat> Plague Road looks great. And that in itself is an accomplishment. But it's also the sort of thing that can be appreciated in screenshots, since once you get to playing, you may find that it ruins the overall experience. Yeah, it's, it's, per- it's perfect, honestly. That is perfect. It's the perfect Playing way to the game it. ruins the experience. That's great. Yep. <laughs> it's a visual eyesore. He was, it's very generous of this person to say, oh, it looks good. No, 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 no. Let's see, did anybody ever review the Switch one? Oh, the Switch did get three reviews at uh, 50, 60, and 70. Oh, my God. That's way too generous. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Ice Climbers thing all over again, though. Maybe I'm just in the wrong here. But... Oh, yeah, yeah. The Ice Climbers number 33 or whatever out of 100. <sighs> yep. Oh, well, whatever. I, I did not like this game. This is a game that I was like, well... Sometimes I've bought games on the cheap on the eShop, and I'm just like, eh, okay, whatever. This is one of those ones where it's like, I kind of want that dollar back. (laughs) (laughs) But all right, that's enough of the negative, though. I think we should move on. Oh, yeah, on to the wonderful games. On to the mech. We got to go to the mech. We got to make it get to the middle of the, not the sandwich, because the middle of the sandwich is the best part, but the middle of the, um, I don't know, the pancake stack. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> they're 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 the okay pancakes or i don't know bad analogy aside all right what do you got yep, for, okay, well. so I, don't, I okay so before we get started i i will admit for all of mine i don't have a whole lot to say so i don't know how much you have to say for your meth ones but i'm good with just firing them all off just you know boom 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 just talk about them real quick all right so, I, I i don't want to like get death threats so uh this is the death threat portion of my uh thing here like these, these are some like these are some games these are some games I put on this list. Now, people are going to stop um, listening after whatever your first one. Yeah, you're never going to hear. <laughs> if well, they you know what? I, already. <laughs> if they haven't stopped listening already, I'll start. I'll I'll, I'll start with a. Uh, I'll start with the uh, was it the slow ball right up down the middle or something like that. So, uh, game number one on my meh. Mega fucking Neptunia. Mega Dimension Neptunia V-II. Oh, my God. First of all, I can't believe that's a meh one for you. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I I really tried for about two years to give Neptunia everything I could. Like, you know, give it the benefit of the doubt. I played some crappy ones, and then I played Hyper Dimension Neptunia U Unleashed or whatever. 
and it was a budget title muso game like yeah you're fighting 100 people but the thing's like chugging along and there's no backgrounds <laughs> like the texture of the ground is like all you see other than the enemies and i beat it in like eight hours i'm like ah, oh, that was fine it's a little fun muso game and then i took the review for mega dimension neptunia vii on the switch and you know what really everything here is symptomatic of the whole series there's just so much fucking stupid shit dialogue in these games and it's all a <laughs> oh my god like and there i have had to quit games because i've skipped through dialogue and then i don't know where to go and i'm like well screw that i'm done with this one um same thing kind of happened here i i made it five hours into this game and the battle system the encounter rate was ridiculous the battle system kept adding new stuff. I'm like five hours in. What the hell are you adding to the battle system at this point? And it was like, oh, now you can do this and you got to do this. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is a freaking budget title game. Like how many battle things are going on here? And it just then I read like I was just on the first world of like four and like the gameplay kind of changed at each world. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, 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 no. This is this is average to below average series this is average to below average every game and they just make it worse by throwing so much fucking dialogue and so many freaking gameplay systems that shouldn't really matter but ridiculously do but not in a good way so making them neptunia all neptunia screw y'all <laughs> and, and, and it's not like i hate it like I, I i had fun for a few hours and but I, I can't like I, I wouldn't call these games games to hate because they're made to be budget titles and they're made to be meh mm -hmm. and they are. <laughs> There's just too much meh here. I can't get through that much meh. <laughs> so oh well. only so much time for meh. <laughs> All right. Uh, for my first one here, I'm um, going to go back to the original game of this series, uh, the first Dragon Quest game. So this is mm. one that I'm there. It is meh, <laughs> but I do like it. So I, I want to make that clear. Um, if this is one of those games where if I want an RPG fix, but I don't want to play something that's like going to take me forever, like this is one that I'll pick up and play every now and then because it's like, oh, you know, Dragon Quest One that only takes, especially with recent versions, it only takes a, a few hours to beat it. You know, you can have done in a weekend or something like that. If even that, um, it's a simple, you know, one character adventure. You know, you're traveling around. You have this semi-open world that you can go around in, and, and uh, you know, you're trying to save the princess. You know, defeat the dragon lord. All that basic stuff. And this one that, you know, if I just need a little bit of an RPG fix, you know, I'll play that one. It's not super deep, even by today, you know, even back then, I don't think it was that deep. I don't know. Um, I didn't grow up with playing this game originally on the NES, so, you know, I, I can't speak for that kind of experience. But even then, you know, I still really enjoy replaying the game every once in a while. You know, if I get that Dragon Quest urge, but I don't want to play something that's going to take me a you know, super long time. And, you know, it's just a fun, simple a little RPG from the NES era. It's much easier to play now than it was, you know, back in the day because you don't have to grind quite as much. But, yep, you know, just that's all I really got to say. It's, you know, Dragon Quest 1. You know, you're either going to love it or you're going to be like, eh, it's fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anybody out there putting this on a top 10 list of best, you know, Historic, yes. Meaningful, yes. But in this day and age, you're not going to... Holy fucking shit! This is the game that got me into Dragon Quest in 2023! Yep. So, uh... Alright, um... You ready for this one? Should it's I be game. prepared? You should be prepared. Alright. Um, you know, you, I was bound to bring this game up at oh, some fuck. point. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I should have I mean, known. <laughs> I mean, so we'll, we'll go back. You, you, you went back to NES days. I'm going to go back to SNES games for 
a couple minutes here. Um, Earthbound. Earthbound. <gasps> oh my God! All right, send your angry uh, hate mail to Platty, everybody. Yep, yep. That's a uh, slime time podcast at uh, gmail.com. This is a special request from Yangus. Emergency. Just put, uh, emergency. <laughs> just put cancel Platty in the uh, title. You don't need to say anything else. I'll know what it means. There you go. There you go. I'll call in so I, our cancel guy. <laughs> I did gave this I gave this game a fair shot. What is it? Right before the pandemic hit. So like three years ago, right about now, I was playing it for um, an RPG backtrack episode. And I think I made it a dozen hours in. Mm-hmm. I got to town for no, I, I'm in the desert. I'm in the desert. I did not cross the desert all the way. So what is that between town three and four? Uh, yeah, five. you got to the Dusty Dune Desert, which is right yep, before Foresight. Okay, so that's where that's where my quest ended. I died in a desert. My bones will be found there, um, bound to the earth forevermore. I mean, it, it, you know what? It was okay. Again, I I didn't hate it. It was just, I get it. This is a SNES game from the 90s, and I think after 10 hours, I, you know, if I didn't have a backlog of a hundred other modern games, maybe I'd keep playing this. And you know what? Maybe back in the SNES days, had I grabbed that game, it probably would have been one I played because that was the type of games I played back then. And But now playing it too late, I think, just kind of, eh. Kind of like you with Dragon Quest. It, you know, it, it, it's not the one to play in the series right now. I'm like, eh, it was fine, but yep. I had a different time with it. I, I I now know what it is. I, I, I see the I see half of it or whatever. Eh. Yep. Well, remember, everybody, just send your angry letters to us. <laughs> that is a slime time podcast at uh, gmail.com. Hashtag cancel platy. Yep. It's too late. You're just you're going to be gone. Just gone. All right. Um, well, we're going to take a little detour for mine. We're going to go someplace a little more tropical because we're going to go to ease eight lacrimosa of donna so oh yeah, yeah curveball there probably for you hey plenty <laughs> wow i know q never saw it coming like <laughs> so um go ahead so i will make it clear i i don't hate this game by any means i think it's you know a really solid entry in the um ease franchise but my experience with this game it has really been sh- shattered because of an event that happened in I think it was 2021, the summer 2021, or I think I think that's when it happened. Um, I'd have because I remember I missed. Oh, I just remember I okay was, okay like, you, yeah you remember you remember what happened. So. I I now get the context of this. <laughs> yes, so um, I had really gotten back into the game uh, after having not played it for a while in my Vita because that's the original version of the game that I had. And I was really, you know, enjoying my time with the game. I thought I was, I was having a lot of fun playing it again, you know, experiencing, you know, just exploring this big island that uh, Adol and friends are trapped on. And, uh, you know, for, for, uh, excuse me, learning about the past of Donna's people and her history. And I was do- getting fairly uh, far into the game as I was playing it over the summer when I picked it back up. And then, for some godforsaken reason, my Vita's memory card um, completely glitched out. I lost all my data for the game like 30 plus hours of playing and i just have never once felt motivated to go back and actually try and play through the game again i tried on the ps4 i tried so hard but i just was like oh my god i just don't want to play through this again and it sucks because it's a really fun controlling game it has you know if they they took a lot of the gameplay elements from the previous ease games you know really you know improved on them you have a a fun colorful cast of characters um nothing that's quite as like text heavy as i'm like some other Falcom games, but it's just it, it, it's it's unfortunately just one of those games that I just cannot bring myself to go back to and play it to try and actually beat it on my PS4 or something. Like I see it on sale for Switch all the time, but even then it's like I I no I can't I can't. <laughs> 
<laughs> After what happened with my safe phone, losing so much progress from that summer is just no, I can't. It's, I, it's a wound that I, I'm not gonna go. It's a, it's a wound that has not healed. <laughs> so, oh yeah, man, it, yeah. It's on the What's map, funny is I, was, I started playing this in January. I, I got about eight hours into it or something right at the beginning of February before I got a uh, before I got a game review and suddenly had to switch gears for a while. But th- this is one I'm going to come back to this year. It, it is I, I began like three different games in December, January that I need to come back to. And this is definitely one. I And I've never played an Ease game before. I, I've enjoyed my first five, six hours. But who knows? I, I, I will say, though, if I lost progress at this, I would not load it up again. So yeah, maybe and I, someday, and I'm only five but... hours in. If my if my five hours disappeared, I don't think I'd go back to it. But I just uh, it, yeah. So that that's why this one's on the math list. The game itself, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. It's fine. You know, it's a fun entry in the series. But it's it's, it's just a personal thing, man. I just can't go back to it. <laughs> right. uh. Maybe one day, maybe one day, but not that day is not anytime soon. But what so, do you got uh, next? What do you got next for us, Platty? Well, you know, I'll stay in the SNES um, era, and uh, you know, trigger warning here. Um, you know what's funny? I was just about to guess <laughs> that. <laughs> Chrono Trigger. Platty's gonna die. <laughs> This is the only game actually on my mail list that I beat. And you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It was, it was a game. And I played Lufia next. And I really liked Lufia. And I played Lufia 2, Rise of the Sinistrals. And I really loved that game. And then I played some GBA game over that. And you know what? I don't think this was even the best game that I played in a three-month period that summer. <laughs> because I didn't play this game until like 2002, 2003. Oh. Like, I think this is when I played Lord of the Rings, the two ages gba tactical game and i went oh, yeah <laughs> and i, I kind of like that game like there was nothing wrong with chrono cross it was just just another game uh, it's like do you, oh. mean, do you mean trigger no oh, trigger trigger no i played chrono cross later and i really love chrono cross oh, like I, pen- I i have good memories from chrono cross chrono trigger it's like i played it i do remember playing it like you and know. i was fixated for a while on it because um it's got the blonde hair girl from the past Ayla mm-hmm. in the game, and she's a hundred percent ripped from this uh, book series called I, w- I want to say Earth Children by like Jean Al- M Owl A U E L or something. Oh like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I know what series you're talking about. Yeah, at, at uh, Clan of the Cave Bear, there was a movie in the '80s um, starring it. And at this back in those days, I had a lot of free time, and I would listen to book on tape for ages. And really, the only reason I ever listened to these books is because I was in the library one day and I'm like, what's the biggest frickin' book they got on tape? And I was like, look at this fucker. It's like 30 cassette tapes here. Double-sided. Hell yeah. I'm going to be listening to 45 hours of this game, this book. And it was Clan of the Cave Bear. And then I listened to the other ones. And I think I've ever listened to anything else, a prehistory history book about um, Neanderthals and whatever. It was a drama set in Neanderthal and... Uh, Cro-Magnon time, so interesting at the time just to sit and listen to these, like, they're probably like thousand-page books. They're gigantic books, but really it was like, oh, hey, there's a Chrono Tigger character named Ayla, a blonde from the ancient past. That was what this girl is in the book. And that's my biggest memory of Chrono Trigger. Ayla. (laughs) I'll tell you what, Penny's not going to talk to us after this episode. (laughs) I don't think anybody's going to talk to us after this episode. No, I don't think so. I think we're just going to be on the shit list for life. (laughs) <laughs> yep. I'm gonna, gonna. I wonder if I can block RP Gamer cohorts from uh, hearing this one. <laughs> uh, 
Well, they kicked off that site. They're going to be like, you have some explaining to do, young man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My history lessons are shit. <laughs> That's why you're a math teacher and a computer yep. teacher. <laughs> yep. I'm not teaching any ancient history because, yep. oh boy. All right. Well, I'll just do, um, I got an Atlas double header coming up for this one. So Ooh. for my next Matt one, I'm going to do, I'm going to talk about Persona 4 and 5. So wow. I know I had, I know I had my double big barrel. Old, I know. Yeah. I know I had my big old rant about this back when we did the games we hate or love to hate, whatever we call that episode. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, I was had some pretty choice words about the community for these games. I don't think the games themselves are bad. Like they're, they, they're not for me. Like I totally mm-hmm. will be flat out front with it. They're not for me, but that doesn't mean that there's, I hate everything about them. Like, the combat is still that same fun Atlas Shin Megami Tensei style combat. And it's very enjoyable. And so is creating your own personas. You know, when you're seeing all these uh, different creatures that, uh, you know, they're demons in the main series, they're personas here. Uh, but, you know, they're still familiar faces. And you're like, oh, you know, this is, you know, Anubis. Or this is uh, a bugbear. This is, you know, good old Jack Frost. You know, so there's that sense of familiarity with that one. And I do like some of the um, some of the characters and some of the story stuff from these games. But at the same time, I just it was one of those games where like it just took took me several months to beat them. I enjoyed my time with them, but it's really just it just comes down to the fan base. Just it it's totally soured my opinion of this franchise as a whole and why. I'm, but I am meh about the games themselves because I played through them. I beat them. I thought there were you know. These the main ones were okay, you know. Five was had some pretty enjoyable spots. It was a, a good looking game, had some nice style to it, and the combat, you know, and dungeon exploration felt like a real big step up from four and five. And four, even though it's just I'm kind of whatever about its characters, other than a, a, a small handful of them, there was still stuff that I enjoyed about it, like you know the the TV world aspect and how it's the characters sort of confronting that other side of themselves, uh, you know, stuff they're not necessarily want to you know think about. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's all relatable stuff, but just they're 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 just aren't for me. And I will, you know, I'll be completely honest up front about it. I have my issues with them. You know, joke, I, you know, I get joked about with them. I joke about them. People <laughs> joke about them with me. You know, just how it goes. But I, I do want to make it clear that I do not hate the games themselves. They're just like four and five. They're just meh. They're not, they're not for me. So just leave it at that. <laughs> so um, you never saw this coming. But one of those games was going to be on my top list until I realized I couldn't count to five correctly. And I had six games there. Oh, that was the mystery one. Okay. That was the one that I cut. I cut Persona 4 Golden off my uh, top five list. Oh, go- oh, I thought you were going to say five. Because you, nah, you made nah, the nah. joke of you never saw it coming. So I'm like, oh, he's going to. Well, I mean, five. you put both games together. Why can't I put both of them together to make a joke? This is true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> you never saw that coming. You yeah, really didn't true. see it coming because I, did I didn't end around. This this whole this whole episode is just full of curveballs. <laughs> to the four. Oh, that was a curveball completely. So uh, this, this whole episode is just nothing but curveballs. <laughs> it it really is. <laughs> and I'm gonna walk out my door tomorrow and get hit by curveballs from people throwing shit at me, rotten tomatoes and whatnot. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, it, this this might be the game that gets you to throw a curveball and walk back, knock me in the back of the head, but. Um, there was a really fun game that I started up like last year, I want to say maybe two years ago um, on the switch. Um, I had my misgivings because I'd avoided it for 20 years and the series for like 15, oh, 20, no. something like that. And, you know, I was like, man, this is a fun little card game and played a card game for a while at the beginning. And then I walked out of the city in FF 
nine and started having those ATV battles. And I died a lot. I don't know how I died so much. I died like... <laughs> The laughter is actually the appropriate response here because, like, seriously, how the fuck could I die, like, five, six, seven times in, like, two hours in Final Fantasy IX? <laughs> like, getting party wipes in the opening chapter story. Like, here, learn to play this game. You died. Like, you know what? Had I kept with it and, like, got the muscle memory with the action time battle or whatever, I'm sure it would have been a much better experience. And this is actually one I think I would go back to someday with the better mind frame. Or, like you said, just turn on all the cheats for a bit and then, uh, you know, just experience the story. Because I wanted to play the card game more. I was like, why wasn't this a game? Damn it. Listen, maybe that's why I should, I should have pratched it. It's a card game with some battles to get through to the next card game. There um, you go. <laughs> it, it can just be my uh steam world quest part two slash fx nine so <sighs> to me it, it's it's the active time battle system um honestly i didn't even have a problem with the graphics i know i hate ps1 i i didn't even get far enough into this for that to be an issue it was man i really suck at active time battle systems oh, it's okay platy i don't hate you i'm just gonna write you a strongly worded letter <laughs> Yeah, this is more of the this is more of the meh. I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> well, you gave well, you know, it's like what we said for the other one. You gave it a shot, so I, I did give it a shot. You gave you gave it the college try, and I'm proud of you for doing that. Since I know you're kind of meh about the ATB stuff, so you know what, I'll give you kudos for that. <laughs> I, I don't deserve them, but thank you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'll go on to my next one here. Um, again, this one's going to be pretty quick and short sweet uh it's shin megami tensei nocturne oh so you know I'm, I'm a big fan of the main line shin megami tensei games and most of the other titles and nocturne was one that i played i think it was 2012 or 2013 the first time i played it i think it was i think it was 2013 I think it was after a year after being in college i played it during the summer uh that uh, that summer after my first year of college and before that i had played um Shimagami Tensei Strange Journey, uh, played one of the other ones, I believe, and I really enjoyed those ones. And I heard Nocturne was one that was like a real big fan favorite. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know, you know, give this one a try. We'll see how it is. And I like the game. I Like, it's one that I picked up the HD remaster on my Switch. And I've revisited it a few times over the years, both before uh, the remaster and after. Uh, you know, it's one of those games that I can play it for a little while and then just put it aside, play it for a while on the side. Uh, reason why it's on the math list is because I like the game, but hey, I don't like it quite as much as I do like Strange Journey or Shin Megami Tensei 4 or um, like the recent entry Shin Megami Tensei 5 because no, it's nothing against the game itself. You know, it's perfectly fine, but it's one that um, I... I think I kind of liked how, how Strange Journey and 4 handled um, its character and, like, story stuff a bit more. Whereas with um, Nocturne, I've come to appreciate it more the older I've gotten, where it's more of, like, a minimalist kind of story, where it's more about, you know, you explore the world, you kind of learn these details by talking to uh, NPCs, or you do some of the side quests. You know, kind of gives you a little more info, sort of like um, kind of Dark Souls kind of storytelling, where it just gives you a little bit of info here and there. You kind of fill in the blanks yourself, you know, some of the breadcrumbs that you get fed throughout the game. But uh, this is one I just put on the meh one just because, again, I, I like the elements of it. But to me, I just enjoy playing other games from the series a bit more. Mm -hmm. It's just, just different things that some of the ones like Strange Journey does that I like a bit more, like with SMT4, with how it handles its press turn uh, combat system. Um, and five, especially like five feels like, you know, they took ideas that they were originally going to do a nocturne and they were like, you know what, 
we got better hardware. We've got, you know, more experience now of making games. We're going to try and do that. And that's what, like, not like five feels like um, kind of what they wanted to originally do with Nocturne. And Nocturne itself is still, it still holds up very well. Um, it's a little, probably a little awkward for some more recent Atlas RPG fan slash players, but still a, a very solid, very good um, game from the series and one that has a lot of style and uh, personality to it and a really good atmosphere. But uh, to me, it's just kind of middle of the road only because um, it's one that I really just don't remember like much of the characters or the plot for this one. Uh, I like exploring. I love the combat. That's really good. But there's just it's one of those things where like it's kind of good and the bad. So hence why it's on my meh list. Still, I would still recommend it, you know, if you're looking to play one of these games. But just for me personally, it's just kind of meh, middle of the road. But yeah, there we go. What do you got? Oh, last man, I can't so, wait to open that one. <laughs> I Did think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yay, man. Um, oh, no, I, I just sold Platy on the. He, he's had that one for a while, and he's been waiting to play it. But you might, you might like it, Platy. I don't know. We'll see. I, I have that and the Xeno Gear number one, the Xeno Gear remat, like the remaster of that first game. I picked them oh, up on a Black um, Friday deal. Oh, Xenoblade. Oh, uh, Xenoblade. 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 Xenoblade Chronicles One. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I picked those up. The same Black Friday for maybe nineteen ninety nine each, and they are sitting unopened, sitting right next to each other. And I'm like, when, when, I'm going to play one of them. I I bought them because those are, I mean, I, I do enjoy usually SMT games to certain degrees, and uh, I, I want to see what the heck Xenoblade's all about. Mm-hmm. Probably isn't going to be a me game. I, I ever I've come to grips with that, but I'll see what it's about. All right, so a game that this is. Come to my last man. And this is something I do want to give another shake to, fair shake to, because I hear about it all the time. Like, I think if I were to ask, you know, anybody my age, what what, what are your top five RPGs? I bet a game from this series is going to be on there somewhere. Um, we played this in 2019, I believe, our challenge race game. Oh, sweet. is it sweet then? It is Suikoden. I, you know, and I don't, I really don't know what mad me on it. Because I, I, this is another game. I made like 10 hours, 12 hours. Um, I got to the, was it a card game or a dice game in this one? It's dice, isn't it? Uh, yes. There's a, there's yeah, a dice, dice game. game. Yep. Yep. Um, and I remember somebody poisoning the water in the city. And I think I took care of him. And then that was it. And, and I remember when I stopped, you're like, dude, you're like 70% of the way through the game. Just finish it up. I was like, nah, you know, you know, there's people. We're building an army. I, I know there's 108 people. I got no interest in gathering 108 people. That That's a lot. 108, that's a big number. You know, there, there's, some, there's some I know I've missed along the way. I'm not really following a guide. I just kind of like looking at a bullet point guide, just like make sure you go here next. Make sure you go here. And I'm hitting all the story beats there. And it, it just, I, I, you know what? It should have hit better for me. And I've listened to a dozen podcasts at this time, all like praising this game, the next game, the whole series and everything. And people talk about it so excitedly. I'm like, ah, it, you know, Chrono Trigger, I can hear people say it's the best game. And I'm like, yeah, I played that. And just it wasn't for me. And this one, I'm like, I, I, I don't think, you know, I got to get to number two because apparently two is the best. So and one and two go together. So the fact that it's got a remaster coming out this year, the fact that it'll be on the Switch, um, I think, you know, I might not get to it this year, but it is definitely something I'll pick up and give another fair shake at some point. But yeah, it's just like I don't really even have much memories about it. Like I was just going around. And I mean, it's not even that it's like PS1 because this wasn't they didn't try to do no stupid 3D with this. It was pixels and just like nice looking pixels and stuff. And but mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, just yeah. just me. Just me. Yep. I just mad out on it. Yep. Whole Wrong thing time. Is just me. 
<laughs> yeah, just uh, uh, like we've said for the past uh, nine games in a row, and you finish it up with our tenth man game here. You know. Eh. Yep. Yep. And no, I I don't remember where you were at that you stopped at, but I do remember being in a comment where it's like you're almost done. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> you're almost done playing. Come on, you can. Uh, yeah, it. just I probably could have pushed through the weekend and just had it done, but no. <laughs> well, Still on my Vita. I could one day. Well, this next one of mine is one that I've still been playing it on and off and um, still kind of mixed on it, but it's one I've enjoyed part, uh, portions of it. But I, I figured, and you know, it's we'll just put, put it on the meh one here because I still don't have like a solid opinion yet, but it's a recent one in my brain. Um, and that is The Lost Child. Uh, hmm. So this was a, what I like to call uh, Sh- uh, Shin Megami Tensei light because mm-hmm. it definitely has a lot of elements from atlas's uh one of their flagship series and a lot of persona stuff related to it as well because you got your demons you got your guy who's a part of this occult magazine that's the chosen one that has to you know save tokyo you have this angel woman that appears that tries to help aid you and you have a guy who looks like igor's uh long lost twin brother from persona <laughs> but um you know it, I, I found it to be a pretty solid dungeon crawler um I do like how the uh, monster mechanics works where, uh, you know, it's a lot of these creatures from folklore, you know, just like Shin Megami Tensei, a little on the two on the nose, uh, the big, long, pointy nose <laughs> uh, with some of that stuff. But I like how um, with how it works is um, you level them up with these um, uh, points that you earn after battle, like these little cri- energy crystal type things. Uh, you give them to, to your uh, demon party members. Uh, they level up that way. And then when they get strong enough, you can then take them to the... Um, uh, this uh, ancient temple place, and you can actually then uh, advance them to uh, a new stage of evolution of sorts. So it's kind of like a strange hybrid of Shin Megami Tensei methods plus Pokemon, where they can evolve. It changes up their appearance some. It gives them new skills. You know, it kind of starts them back off at level one, but it gives them you know higher stats and stuff. And the the story itself was just kind of okay. And it's just like, oh, there's a you know, something's going to happen. We need you, the chosen one, you know, to fight for God and you know save the save the world i i gotta say the pink hair girl that's with you the whole time she sure loves talking about heaven angels and god like every sentence <laughs> it's, it's a little it's a little too on the nose like okay game i get it you want me to try and go for a lawful path but uh jokes on you i'm not gonna do that <laughs> but it it was okay it's it's been fine it's one that i've kind of played on off and on um like like i'm always up for trying a new dungeon crawler and I've, I've enjoyed the dungeon crawling elements and the, and the combat stuff. It's pretty simple, but there, it's very satisfying when you can build up your, um, your uh, I forget what the, what the meter is called. It's at the very top of the screen that fills up. When you get that to just full enough and you use it to shoot off this like powerful bullet that can just obliterate enemies. And you have these different bullet types to, you know, tear through their weaknesses or just like cause a huge, <clears throat> excuse me, a huge amount of damage to them. So there's some satisfying stuff to it. Just a little rough around the edges, but you know what? I think it's a good idea. Just um, if, if this team that made this game, you know, they make another dungeon crawler, maybe not tr- don't try and uh, rip off Shimagami Tensei quite so much. <laughs> you have some good ideas. Just do do your own thing, you know? You know, who made this game? Um, I'm, some I'm, small I'm... developer. It was published by NIS America. Yeah, yeah. They were I, not I the ones that. who they, no, they were not, not the ones who developed slash created the game. They just published it. And I don't like at their website kind of looks broken here for this one. Yeah, I so clicked on the website from the eShop and it's like, well, I don't think they really have a game page anymore for this. No. So from my understanding, this was made by a small developer who um Catawakawa Games. Yes. And 
And uh, what was really funny is that right at the beginning of the game, one of his characters from the previous game show that a previous game he made shows up and is like, oh, you know, I see you're, you know, you're new. You're starting this adventure here. You're, you know, you're this chosen one. But, you know, I think you could use a little extra help. And he just gives you uh, a character from the last game that the guy made as a playable uh, demon on your party. <laughs> he just gives them to you. And the character's like, what am I doing here? All right, I guess I'm working for you now. All right. <laughs> so you get stupid little moments like that, which I thought was kind of funny they did that. But but yeah, I I mean, there's there's some good ideas here. It's just, you know, it's meh, because it's like, you should have tried to go for more of your own thing a little more. But, you know, it's 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 been fun playing it. Just... Oh, wait, you know what? It's not, it is not Katakawa Games. That was the Japanese publisher. Because I was like, wait a minute, that's Demon Gaze and Relayer and a couple other, my goodness, it's a developer Krim, which doesn't even have a link on Wikipedia. Like, I don't, you know what? I I will say, looking at some video of it, it looks like a mixture of, I played an indie, what is that, Infinity, oh, Infinite Dungeons or something like that. Yes. Um, indie game that was a dungeon crawler. I, I played a couple of the booby game dungeon crawlers, and I'm like it kind of it kind of looks at that level. It's definitely like second tier dungeon crawler. Yep. Uh, like I mean, obviously it's not by any of those same ones. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. I think this was just a small developer's you know opportunity to make one, and it, it's okay. Just you know, it's one I would say if you're looking to try it out yourself, you know, just maybe wait for it to be on a nice little sale. <laughs> <laughs> they they did El Shaddai. I have no idea what that game is, but I've heard of it at least. Lost that Child, one, El Shaddai. That one's the game I think where this um other, where that other character comes from that I was telling you about. The one that's like, oh, he pulls right. him from that game and just gives him to you as a party member. Which that was actually pretty funny because it just happens out of nowhere where the character shows up from that one. It's <laughs> like, oh, hey, uh, I see your new character here uh, playing this, uh, you know or not playing this game, he's not quite that fourth wall breaking, but it's mm-hmm. pr- it's pretty like, oh, yep, okay, well, you're the new hero of so apparently, so uh, I'm going to help you out here. Let me give you this guy. He's going to be really powerful and help you out now. <laughs> it just plucks the character from his uh, from this other game and just is like, here you go, have fun. <laughs> it was dumb, but it was kind of funny. So, <laughs> But yeah, uh, that's it for my um, mech games. I think now it's time to get on to the big... Uh, to the final portion of this show. Bum, bum, bum. The favorites. The but, favorites. The good stuff. But before we get to that, we have to take our guesses. But who, we were gonna we were debating if we were gonna do this for the entire thing or if we were just gonna do it for the favorites, but we just went for the favorites. So Platty. I'm going to have you go first. I want you to try and guess what some of the games are that are on my favorites list. All right. I'm going to, I think I got two of these nailed Final Fantasy four and Dragon Quest seven. Ooh, you're good. Now, can you guess some of the other ones though? Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you this. I'll give you a hint. I did not double dip on uh, series right. did, or stuff. For the so did favorites. you, I'm going to, I'm going to say, um, and I think you name dropped it earlier too. Oh, gosh. What's the uh, SMT game that takes place in Antarctica? I'm not going to tell you. If- God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> the one that should have been number three, but it didn't take place in Japan. So they had to... Uh, I got it right. It is down there at SMT. Yeah, you got that um, part right, but I'm not going to tell you which one it is. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's the one I said that didn't have a number in it. I know. That's why I just said it was the. Uh... You know, it's real strange. You don't remember that play. Oh, strange journey. Yes. Yep. All right. There you go. All right, and you, you know uh, that could have been one of my mad games because I've tried it a couple times and it's it's fine. And I've made it twenty hours in. I made it ten hours in. It just 
It's not enough to hook me that much, but okay. So I got three of your five. Mm-hmm. You want to try and guess the the other two? Oh God! I bet if I put more thought into it before, like right just this moment, right now, I might have got a, another one. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stay there and just be like, hey, my three guesses, I'm 100. percent All right, all right. So for my guesses for yours, I got a few down here. Right. Um, I I actually put these in just before we started recording so <laughs> you put more thinking, you was... put more forethought into it than me <laughs> all right well the first one i'm pretty sure again these no particular order i'm guessing one of them's gonna be persona for uh, persona for golden oh i just i told you earlier that was gonna be one but it got bumped oh it did okay wow it did right. get bumped it, it, it it's it's like right there at 5a or six so okay. it, it is not gonna be one i talk about but you know what for the past two weeks, it was on my list until I realized I had six games on there instead of five. You know what? That's That actually does surprise me because I remember you told, telling us after you played it that it was one of your favorite top games five games. Yep. Yeah. I remember you telling us that. You I, messaged I, me too about that one. And you were like, oh, just, yes, easily yeah. top five. Okay, so that I, I will say there's going to be some recency bias, bias that got that bumped. Is one of them Octopath 2 then? Wow, yes. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, and I was total shot in the dark on that one there. I, that's literally I, one I just thought of just because of what you just said. <laughs> and that very recency bias, because, you know, here we are recording it. Octopath 2 has been out for uh, six days, but I've had it for about a month to play the review copy. And it's it's amazing. I, I got to finish writing my review and um, RP Gamer. Spoiler, I'm going to try to go for a five out of five on here. If I can write a really good review, I'm going to give it a five out of five. My gosh, we might have to. I still don't have my copy, damn it. So no no major No, no, no major spoilers. spoilers. I mean, uh, right. I'll beat around the bush about why All I right. like it. I mean, honestly, it's it's like the first game, but it tweaks little things and it just does it does JRPGs right, man. All right. All right. Well, that's good right. to hear. So um okay, so for my other guesses, um I'm gonna say Dragon Quest Seven is one of them. I'm gonna say Trails in the Sky number three is one of them. And the last guess I had was Nino Kuni two because of Roland. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the series but not the games although you very much could have like th- those very well could have i actually didn't put dragon quest 7 in there because i'm going job heavy elsewhere really you didn't fit, yep. oh my gosh i'm surprised you didn't put seven i figured for sure that was going to be the one game that we both had on our list together and, and honestly you know what the dragon quest i have on here my first note is i would have put dragon quest 7 on here it's probably Dragon Quest Four, then, isn't it? No. Oh, oh, damn. Okay. Uh, well, we'll save them for a surprise. We'll have to sit back and uh, yeah, have to sit back and listen then. Okay. Um, well, I guess in that case, then um, maybe we should just go ahead and start going through our lists. Uh, All right. Well, you want to go first? You? There, switch yep. this up. Yep. We'll have you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll go first. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll, you know, we'll do a little switching here. So I'm going to actually start with a really recent one that's uh, on this list slash one that I've played, and that is Live Alive, which I just played for the first mm. time last year, and it was one of my favorite, and it was my favorite game of 2022. So I'm not going to go too into detail, because we just talked about it on a, on a fairly recent episode, but uh, basically what I really loved about this game was just the premise of, you know, all of these different characters from different time periods, they each have their own experiences, all have their own little gameplay quirks in each chapter. Uh, some of them I really enjoyed, like the Distant Future one, which is basically a sci-fi horror kind of story. Um, you have the Wild West chapter, which has one of my favorite of the playable protagonists with the Sundown Kid. And um, I just really enjoyed just how 
simple but uh, strategic some of the combat could be because you have this grid-based system. Uh, enemies have different strengths and weaknesses to what kind of skills you can hit them with. Uh, your characters also, well, like uh, to whatever skills they have, like could be like considered like a punch attack or like a slash attack. And you, could, if you can kind of work around those weaknesses that enemies have. You know, you can get through combat pretty quick or, you know, just figure out your own strategy, use whatever characters you want to uh, when you get to certain points in the game. And it's one that I really enjoyed when I first played it, was really you know enthralled by it. Uh, it's one that I started a replay of pretty quick after I beat it the first time. And I actually just finished uh, a replay uh, or that same replay file, excuse me, uh, just a few weeks ago, like right around the time of the Super Bowl where I had finally, you know, finished it off and was felt, I, I again felt very satisfied after playing it because it's not a super long game. And to me, that's just, you know, that's it made for a very good experience. That makes for a fun experience when you get to play an RPG that doesn't take you a super long time. Um, and you get, a, you get that satisfying conclusion slash, you know, you feel like you got a full experience out of like this, you know, 25 hours, 30 hour game without having to play something nice. that goes on for like 80 plus hours. But um, yes, still, Really love this game. It is a, a very recent one, I admit, but it's one that even before... Hey, it's not that recent. It's like 30 years old. That is true. There, <laughs> if you take that into consideration... <laughs> it's a recent 30-year-old game. It is true. But uh, <laughs> uh, since I'm basing this off playing the replay... Or, sorry. Touché. Uh, playing touché. the remake. Excuse me. Um, uh, that's why I'm considering like a recent one, because... yeah. yeah. This this is one that uh, before I did you know play it via the remake. It's one that I always had uh, this interest in because I remember I think it was in my college years if I remember right. Uh, that's when I started learning about some of these uh, Square Enix RPGs that we had never gotten. Had some fan translations floating around, and three of the ones that I always saw pop up was um, uh, Bahamut Lagoon, uh, Treasure of the Rude Rudyrus. I, I can't I don't remember the exact name. Rudyrus, I believe. Rudress. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Treasure of Rudris. And the third one was Live Alive. And Live Alive was the one that always stood out the most to me just because it had those different time periods and everything. It had the different bit of gameplay elements for each chapter. Uh, you could play in whatever order you wanted to. And um, as I learned after uh, playing the game, it was sort of like a prototype of sorts to what they wanted to do for Chrono Trigger. Um, but rather than, you know, with like it's actual time traveling, it was more like, oh, you know, what if these different characters from these different time periods, you know, had their own like adventures and you know, they're sort of connecting elements to them. So, yeah, it's, this is one that I always kind of had interest in finally getting to play it um, and being super excited for that remake last year. Uh, I've loved the game. I still love it. And it's one that um, it's definitely left an impact on me. And it's it's one that I'm really glad that we were finally, you know, got an official western release for it and this you know this great hd 2d remake and i'm hoping that it will come out to other consoles in the future so you know people who have uh or, you know pc ps4 whatever that they'll be able to play it if they don't want to just buy a switch but yep that's my first one for this list so uh what do you got for your first one platy all right so i'm going to read the first line here where i wrote i'd have put dragon quest 7 on here but honestly the characters other than Kiefer, aren't nearly as good. And dear God, I fucking hated Maribel and the look of Hobo Link. <laughs> Other than that, honestly, like Dragon Quest Seven could be like my 1B game favorite in the series. I, I do love that game. I have many great memories. Like my memories of Dragon Quest Seven are the reverse of my Legend of Dragoon, because when I eventually did get divorced and moved out, like that was my comfort game for like four months. Come home, put a couple hours in Dragon Quest Seven every night and just feel like I'm fine. This is going to be good. 
Life is all right. And, you know, that was my second big playthrough and I played it again on 3DS. I, I really do love Dragon Quest VII. But I think in big recency bias here and based on, like, I can't really point to anybody that I want to say F you two in the cast, Dragon Quest XI. Like, oh, okay. top to bottom, best cast in the series, I think. I, again, four, I love it. It's my favorite, like, classic game um and great cast there but i like you know, there's a couple characters there i just don't want to never use when you come to chapter five mm-hmm. uh, dragon quest 11 if somebody i needed to rotate somebody out because they were low on mp well that next person that i rotated in they would just stay there until i had the same problem i never really had the feeling like ah, i gotta get this person out of my party like once mm-hmm. they came in they were there until they got knocked out or i needed somebody else's skill you know, somebody else was needed at the time like i just loved the cast and what an epic story um as as much as i love going town to town and solving problems in seven and unlocking the islands i love doing it here and then kind of doing it again um with the when when you had to go around and do it again um it was beautiful you know it looked like a better version of eight which again could be like another top tier game for me it'd be like my one c probably um it just little tweaks like the battle changing to picking someone and doing their action right away uh Instead of just, you know, picking everybody's action and going ahead. Just, I don't know, you know, other other than the hair on the hero, I, I, <laughs> I really don't have a harsh thing to say about this game. And I, I think that's why I'd put it the 1A version of Dragon Quest in my head. But, you know, if we recorded this next week, I could have very easily gone with seven. <laughs> you know, day, the week, it's it, it's it's rough, but I'd, I it's right there. So Dragon Quest 11, I'll put as my uh, one of my top fives. All right. Well, you know what? I I had a similar issue with um, one of my choices, and actually one of the ones that you guessed when it comes to um, uh, one of my series, but we'll save that before we get to it. Um, next one that I'm going to talk about is actually a game that was on your mail list. It's uh, Earthbound, mm. one, of my fa- one of my favorite games. So, little, give a little bit of context. Um, so, like a lot of kids and a lot of, a lot of adults my age, um, first experience with Earthbound was through uh, Super Smash Brothers. I was mm-hmm. like one or two when Earthbound came out on the Super Nintendo. So, you know, I, I had no idea what a video game was. I couldn't <laughs> walk or talk or nothing. You know, I was a little baby. <laughs> so, you know, I had no idea what video games were by any means. So, you know, a few years go by, um, Smash Brothers 64 comes out. I rented it on occasion from the video store. And I remember one of the times I rented it, there was uh, the full roster was unlocked. And it's like, oh, there's Luigi. Oh, there's this guy called Captain Falcon. Oh, it's really cool. Uh, who's that character? Ness. Who's Ness? I don't know who that is. It must be some sort of, um, for whatever reason, my stupid kid brain was like, oh, if it's a character I don't recognize, it must be a Mario character. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why for Nintendo stuff. That's where my brain went. But there we go. So I didn't know who Ness was, but I'm like, oh, OK, I'll play as him. Try him out. Then a few years go by. I get my GameCube and I pick up a copy of uh, Smash Brothers Melee. Well, you know, it's my first like big purchases from money that I had earned from doing stuff. So. You know, it's really exciting, and there was Ness again. Uh, started learning then about Earthbound properly, and Smash Brothers Brawl comes along. Uh, you know, this is where starting to use the internet more, so you know, knew about Mother Three, which was the sequel to, uh, well, I say sequel and in, in very loose quotes uh, to uh, Earthbound slash Mother Two. Uh, Lucas is being added to Smash Brothers Brawl, and oh, Ness is going to be an unlockable character again. Okay, great, we get two protagonists from the series, and it's at this point that I'm starting to be like, you know. I've played as Ness all the time in Smash <laughs> Brothers because he's one of my main characters. I've used him for years, but I've never played Earthbound. 
I need to look into Earthbound. And I remember watching some gameplay footage on YouTube. I watched the final bat or the final boss, which was definitely a bit of a mind screw because what you don't expect Gygus as your final boss from a game that looks like Earthbound. <laughs> People have <laughs> talked about that plenty though, so I'm not going to go into that one. Um, but I did eventually get my hands on a copy. In, uh, I believe it was 2009, uh, thanks to the help of a friend of mine who uh, was able to find a copy that did come with the um, original strategy guide for the game. So that was pretty cool. Ooh. And um, I played that for that summer, the, like 2009, I think it was. This is like a decade ago, so I could have my, my memory might be a little fuzzy on the exact year. But that was a game that I really was really glad that I was finally able to play it and experience it because it was one of those games that just... You know, you kind of sometimes I don't know if you have had this platy, but you know, sometimes there's a, a show or a movie or something you've seen. You're like, I think I'm going to like that. You know, I think I'm really going to like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And it just clicks with you. That, that That's one of those cases where this game really clicked. Um, combat, you know, it's pretty simple. It's very, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go into story stuff and you know do all that. Cause we've talked about this in other episodes. But um, what I really liked about Earthbound was that the combat was pretty easy to pick up and understand, which makes sense because it was inspired by Dragon Quest combat. Um, a recent playthrough, I learned how, like, like just recently, just like last year or so, when I replayed the game, when it came to the Nintendo Switch, you know, I learned that, oh, there's, you know, there's actually a lot of use for, like, status ailments. Uh, there's some secrets I didn't know about. It's a game that I always kind of learn something new whenever I go back to it. It's very, it's it's a very simple, like, game gameplay-wise game, but I think that's one of its strengths is that it's sort of like a comfort game for me. Kind of like how, you know, with Dragon Quest being a series that, you know, brought you and I together and so many other uh, people who we have on the podcast, you know, it's a, it's kind of a comfort food kind of game and that's what earthbound feels to me it's very silly it has some very you know fourth wall breaking kind of moments you know the dialogue can be kind of goofy but then you have some of your moments where it kind of you know does the uh, does the turn where it gets things get a little darker and a little more serious and like you know like oh there's you know this serious there's uh, the threat of Gygus and taking over the world and everything but you know you can you know st- stand strong and you can defeat him you know you have to gain strength and travel and that's what i like about earthbound it's just a nice little adventure uh a lot of charm to it. I love the Charlie Brown-esque look that the characters have to them. That's one of the first things I thought of when I uh, saw the graphics and, like, seeing Ness as I got older. It's like, he kind of looks like he'd fit in with, um, like, the Peanuts gang. Like, he's, like, the long-lost uh, kid that moved that lives down the street or something from Charlie <laughs> Brown. <laughs> but um, it doesn't help, too, that Ness has a, uh, a black and yellow color scheme for one of his costumes <laughs> that looks like Charlie Brown. But, um, yeah, this is just a game that, I, like for people who you know are like oh this game's so overhyped you know it's so simple and blah 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 you know that's fine you know that's fair you know if it's not for you you know don't like it you know that's okay if you're just kind of meh whatever uh this is just a game that for me i think i played it at the right time and it's one that i've always had sort of an interest in especially from learning about it from smash brothers and finally getting to play it uh it's been an experience i've always loved returning to and replaying it over the years um for a while, I, like every summer, I actually would replay that copy that I had gotten uh, in 2009. Uh, eventually, I stopped doing that, but then it came available on uh, the Switch. It came available on like the Wii U. Uh, it was, uh, has it, I have it on the this, what is it, the SNES Mini because that was one of the games they announced for it was going to be on it, and that was really cool that Nintendo put that on there too. But it's it's one that I've always enjoyed just revisiting and replaying it, and it's always it's always a, a fun and, and just um just a nice experience. Nothing that's too complicated. You know, there's fun stuff you can do to make it a little ch- more challenging for yourself. But it's it's a nice quality game, in my opinion. And it's a it's a, a Super Nintendo classic, you know. Anyway, I've been rambling a bit for that one. So 
I'll stop. I'll stop my rambling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guessed the right series, but putting a lot of thought into it, you didn't get a lot. You didn't get quite the right game. Definitely Trails in the Sky 3 with Kevin as a protagonist. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. But I did go a little different because that game, like hell, like half the games in the series just blows up the cast. By the end, you've got like six parties of four or something like that. You're, you could have four parties. Six. I, I don't know. There, or maybe there's 16 people in it. I don't know. There's a shitload of people in that game because it's like basically all the playable characters from Trails in the Sky. Um, all the both games. I'm gonna narrow it down a little bit more in the Trails series because I love. I really love all of them. To the Crossbell duology. And if you had to get me down for one even more. I'm going to pick the first one, the Trails from Zero. Oh, and okay. Uh, very specifically there, because kind of what I said with Dragon Quest XI, Trails from Zero's got four characters. You're playing four characters. Late in the game, you get to add like one or two others, um, legacy characters from previous games. But really, it is the story of those four people. There are four people. They're forming a police force, special services division in the town of Crossbell. And the whole game takes place in Crossbell. Like, how many video games take place in a single city? Now, they cheat because they kind of go to outlying little towns. But I think there's seriously two. There's a mining town there's a more rural town there's a hospital the other direction and then south is more just it leads to the gate to the police academy that lloyd goes to like you don't go far you go to those places a lot you get to know that those towns really well it's not you know stop by a city do a couple tasks move on to the next city you are always going back to your police headquarters you are always going down the same residential pathway you're always shopping at the same couple stores like the whole game like they're always getting better equipment and whatever um as the story goes on but you're getting to know the npcs so well like hey it's this guy who sold me stuff for 50 hours and you know you you then play the next game trails from azure and it's you, you get them even more um again that game adds a couple more characters playable characters right from the beginning um so you're 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 getting the bigger rosters again still excellent games but like just the pure smallness of that first game is just totally awesome uh again i don't really have anything bad to say about any game in the series but you know if i want to boil it down to you know what really like makes me like these games it's you know getting to their characters falcom does a great world building and i don't think you get to experience the world building in any tighter a fashion in any of those games than in zero. And, you know, the battle system here starts going from the sky to what it becomes in cold steel. You got the arts, the crafts. I think this is where the S breaks come about. I don't think there were S breaks in sky, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but there's a couple things I remember texting you like, oh, man, I see like the, the roots of how it got from Sky to Cold Steel in these games when I played them. Because mm-hmm. I played the two um, with the fan translations on Vita a couple years back. And now everybody can play them. Azure, I think, comes out in March. We're in March. So, yeah, that's going to be coming out yeah. on the 17th. Yep. Yep. So that's there. People have been playing uh, Zero, though, last year. And uh, good for it being on the switch now. It's just the four characters are great. They're all they're all good characters. They're all great people. And kind of like I said with uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, you know, Dragon Quest Seven had some duds to me. And I mean, how can there not be duds in games with 
20 people like all the other Trails games. So the fact that you've got those four that really evolve, like, really great throughout the game and evolve together and really work together and all the NPCs around, just tight storytelling, really love Trails from Zero. Awesome. This is one that I've been wanting to get around and play too and i almost did start playing it recently but i'm like no you're gonna get your cut like sooner or later octopath 2 is gonna show up so don't be starting another rpg <laughs> oh, yeah you don't you don't need another 50 60 hours before that arrives no. on your doorstep because i'm, I'm kind of waiting through to actually to get the next game too because then it's like if i want to start playing the next one you know I'll have oh yeah it'll be right both there of them. yep and that's why i haven't gone back to cold steel either because it's like you know what stuff in cold steel is going to make more sense if i play these other ones first so we're just gonna maybe, maybe do what you did and just kind of go boom like maybe not back to back to back but <laughs> you know, try and well play you know I, I think i've done like four years now where i've played about <laughs> one and a half to two games every year and limited myself to that like okay don't pick up the next one and the times that i have i've made it like halfway through and like okay i need a break <laughs> <laughs> I need to get off the ride. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, they're good games, but, you know, one and a half of those is 100 hours, and after yes. 100 hours, it's time to switch to another series for a little bit. I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's see. Um, you know, I think since we just keep bringing up the game, I'm going to go ahead and talk about uh, this one on my favorites list, good old Dragon Quest Seven. There we go. So... Maybe not a surprise to anybody who's been listening to Slime Time for a long for a long while now, but one of my favorite games from the Dragon Quest series is Dragon Quest Seven. It was one of the last mainline uh, mainline games uh, that I needed to play. Um, this is back before Dragon Quest Eleven uh, had even been announced. You know, this is this was in one of those like dark ages of Dragon Quest for Western fans where we weren't getting like any news, and you know, we're hearing about how the Japanese were getting all these 3DS titles and. They were having all these mm. updates for Dragon Quest X. So this, this was kind of a good time to play catch-up. <laughs> but um, yeah, Dragon Quest VII, um, I first played it on the, the PS1 version. Uh, then, you know, a few years later, we finally did get the 3DS version played that. Um, lo- I love and enjoy both versions. You know, both of them had their strengths and weaknesses. I know we actually just had a discussion on Barurian's Discord where it was like, oh, no, this one's better because it has this. Oh, no, this one's better. This version's better because it has da 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 And I'm just kind of one of those people that's just kind of sitting in the background like, well, I like both because I think they both have their strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> I, I I can, like, I'm not saying everybody else doesn't have, but I'm, I'm one of those people that tries to look at both sides of the, of the, of the coin, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to, you know, see like, oh, well, this one did this pretty well. But, you know, this, you know, this remake did this and this pretty well. Um, but for the game itself, I mean, I talked about it years ago on my first appearance on Slime Time when um, I was a guest for one of the Prime episodes. Uh, but just quick little um, summary for why I like Dragon Quest Seven so much. I liked that the game starts off, you know, really differently from some of the other Dragon Quest games where you had those puzzles you had to solve in order to eventually, you know, you kind of start getting into more of the mystery of, like, why is there only one island in the world? And as you play through the game, you go to the past, explore these islands, help the people out, and your actions then cause the world to change, and, you know, you get all this new territory you can go and explore in the present. Uh, you get some interesting NPCs and little stories that come along the way. And even though, uh, well, I guess I can't talk about it yet, but uh, I personally really like the cast of Seven. Maribel being an annoyance aside, um, I just like how the characters have simple, to me they have simple but memorable designs. And it they just feel, they just, um, they stood out to me because I, 
to me, they kind of have a different look than some of Toriyama's designs. They're not quite as out there as Dragon Quest VI characters look. They, they mm-hmm. kind of feel like they kind of reeled it back a little bit more. And I, I just really, I like the, the main playable cast. You know, Maribel kind of is like, yeah, whatever. But I've kind of softened up to her She's over the years. She's still annoying, but uh, she's, you know, she's just kind of whatever. I like the rest of the characters a lot. Like uh, Ira, she's a really cool, you know, she's this cool warrior from the... Uh, the Romer tribe, who's also the skilled dancer. You have Sir Mervyn, who's this, you know, thousands of years old warrior who, you know, fought along the forces of the Almighty uh, to take on the Demon Lord. And even though he's, you know, uh, a fish out of water type scenario where he's in this completely different time period, you know, the as soon as you talk to him and you find out what's going on, he's like, all right, I will help you however I can. You know, lead the way, young, you know, young master, blah, 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 whatever you name the hero. And you have, you know, good old Gobbo slash Ruff who only cares about food and just wants to make everybody happy. <laughs> Very simple characters. And I mean, there's definitely Dragon Quest games with stronger casts, but th- this is one that for me, like, I just like the playable group of characters. They're very. Um, I don't know if, what word I would describe for him, but they just it's just a nice little cast. I guess I don't really have a really good way to describe it, unfortunately. I don't have any notes for <laughs> for this part, but um, I just really enjoyed how the gameplay loop was for Dragon Quest VII. I liked the job class system a lot. Uh, I thought the world of the game was really interesting, too, and how the further you get along and the more you start to learn, like, oh, you know, well, this is why, you know, the parts of the world were sealed away. And, like, why was Estart Island, like, the only island that existed? And, um, you know, you get all those kind of details. And you get a, I think you get a cool little twist towards the end of the game, too, where, um, I guess it's okay to kind of spoil this one, but you beat the, you know, you beat the big bad. You get this strange cryptic message, and then things start taking a nosedive what seems like it's going to be the absolute worst before the heroes all, you know, reunite again. And, you know, they go off to storm the demon Lord's uh, keep to, you know, stop his plans that he uh, was trying to put into action. And, you know, for as long as this game is, it didn't ever feel like a slog to get through either version. I did take a little bit of a break at one point with like the PS1 version. So I was like, eh, I kind of want to play something else for a while. But it was kind of like with Octopath uh, Traveler 1 when I played that, where it wasn't necessarily out of boredom. It was just more like, hey, you know, this is a this is a good stop and place. I'm going to play something else for a while and then I'll come back to this later. And, you know, Dragon Quest Seven is a game that ever since playing it, uh, even as a kid, like kind of being aware of it with Dragon warrior seven with um it being featured in the back of my uh, dragon warrior monsters 2 guidebook there's always a game that kind of stuck in the back of my mind and years later finally playing it it was like you know what i'm glad that stuck out of my mind because this is something that you know once i finally was able to play it i really enjoyed it a lot so that's why it's on my favorite i think some other dragon quest games do things a little bit better but you know when i think of when someone asks me like which one of your favorite dragon quest games like seven is usually one of the first ones i think of just because of my experiences with it and just um i enjoy what it does for you know with how it handles its gameplay and uh the job system and all that good stuff so yeah that is my what is that my third one on my list so that was number three so now we're on our what would be what i i gotta do number my number two. three Oh yeah! Oh yeah! You got to do your number three. I, I I, yeah, yeah, you went <laughs> doing first. This backward, doing this backwards. I know. Throw me off. It, it, you know what? I can't. I'm typing them in to our like show notes, and I'm like, wait a minute. What what happened here? Why do I have Yangus on twice? Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm gonna go first. All right. Okay. So sorry. What's your number now that three? we're on number three? I'm gonna talk about a number two because I, I have really enjoyed a game that I spent the past month with, and I just beat it two nights ago in the middle of writing my review. And like I said, this is actually going to be um, like, we can rate games, whatever we want in RP gamer. Our editor doesn't say like, no, 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 that game's not a five out of five. You can't do that because I mean, we don't all play all the games. Um, 
they just say, hey, if you're going to rate this game five out of five, then you better write it like it's a fucking five out of five. Don't say the battle system was fun and the people were fun. And yeah, five out of five. Like, talk it up. And they'll even say, they're like, listen, right now this reads more like a four out of five. If you really want to rate that five out of five, take this two sentences, make it a paragraph, da 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 So, I mean, we're not edited in that way at all. And I, I, I'm really trying to get it all in there before my first uh, proofread. But I, Octopath Traveler 2 has been a five out of five for me. I know I've people behind the scenes, I've kind of, especially over the past week when I could talk about it more, I, I made more little, yeah, you know, they still do this, they still do that, but honestly, they took everything that worked in the first game, and I think you and I both agree, like, the first game was pretty damn good, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's, they addressed, what you say? Oh, sorry, I was just gonna real quick say, like, um, what, what's your comment about, like, you know, what, how we both feel about it, like, uh, Octopath Traveler 1 uh, was a game that, you know, even though it did take me a long time to beat it, it was one that, and even now I would say that it's probably been one of my favorite rpg experiences from the last um from this current like console generation or however you mm-hmm. want to put it, it it's just yeah. was one that it did like pretty much everything right for me that i enjoy from a game a little rough around the edges at some points but you know what i was enjoying myself so much i didn't even care but anyway sorry go on go on play no and I I kind of see it as the culmination of everything they've learned from the three Bravely games and Octopath. Like to me, those are kind of linked in my head. So like this is almost like game five here. And um, I mean, I know obviously they and the Bravelys aren't the same, but you still got that same kind of feel in the battle system where, you know, you can save up extra turns or extra attacks. And uh, I think this game's kind of like also was one of the reasons I had to put Dragon Quest seven on there because the job systems in these games are so great. You have your jobs, you have your sub jobs. There's special jobs to go out and find hidden in the world. Um, there's so much stuff to do with the jobs. There's little shrines out there that'll, oh, you did this well. You can uh, now have a better special skill learned from there. And then once you spend your job points, your JP on stuff, you open up passive skills not just active skills that you can battle you can use passive skills and even though you can switch between jobs and you know your battle skills change you could still use passive skills like once i was a thief i got a and i learned enough thief skills i got a passive skill that let me earn more experience by doing battles at night and an octopath traveler too with just the touch of like the ZR button, you can switch between day and night. And let me tell you, I just, I always went everywhere at night just because I'm like, eh. even though I didn't have like the thief skill that like, I wasn't necessarily always a thief. Um, I would have somebody who had mastered that in my party to make sure like, why not? Why not get that 25% HP bonus um, walking from here to there? So I would always have that. And I mean, first of all, it looks great. The first game introduced the world to the uh, 2D HD style. And this one's got it again. Love the 2D HD style. Um because my favorite graphics are kind of the uh, really nice high-res sprites or into like uh, even 3D. I'm like, eh, I like Dragon Quest XI because it looks like a cartoon. Everything else, I'm, I I don't like hyper-realistic. Just give me my chibis, give me my sprites, give me my 3DS level quality. Yeah, 3D. you want that stylized look. Yep, I'm, I'm fine. I don't need to be walking around seeing every uh, piece of the 5 o'clock shadow on my grizzly broken down main guys whatever but octopath traveler 2 i you know i actually really got into the story and the music more than i have in a game like you said like 
favorite console generation, like the story and the music of this game. And Yangus, you're going to be probably more blown away than anybody. Like I could pick up on musical tones in the different chapters. Oh like gosh. I was like, oh, like there's I think there's a guitar in the stuff in Particio's stuff or like definitely like Hikari's got some Asian influence on the music in here. And is that more of a flute in this one? And like uh can't remember what the girl's name was, but it, it you start off in a nice little forest town and I'm like, my God, this feels like I'm hearing Hobbit music from Lord of the Rings. Like like I'm getting that whole feeling from this little tranquil village in the middle of nowhere. Like Oh my gosh, I, yeah, you really did get into it because normally I you're did. Not- Big on nope, the music, I'm, uh, I'm playing on mute or something, and like, holy cow! Like, I was getting, I was getting what they were laying down, man. Um, and the stories. I, one of the first things I did when I went into every town, um, I, I know they did this in the first game, but I, maybe I didn't do it as much. But like, every NPC has a story that goes with them. Just a block of text, um, and most of it's just throwaway. But like, there were some damn good ones in the game i mean there were some that were effing hilarious there was like a dirty joke one that came out of nowhere and then like the character continued the dirty joke i was like oh my god that's hilarious like i had, I actually had to go back and hit the uh what is it the video button so i could go watch it again because i'm like did they really say that holy shit they said that and it was just it was so veiled that it didn't come off at first and i'm like oh man they just made a sexual joke out of that that's hilarious and then uh, there was one where, like, there was a little boy. It's just a random guy in a town that had nothing to do with anything. Like, absolutely nothing to do. It was just, like, this little boy, had a, he had a stuffed toy. And for some reason, you couldn't steal it. And I'm like, I can steal everything. I'm, like, level 60. I can go to everybody and just steal the shit. Or, hell, even if that person's got an 8% chance of stealing, I can just save and reload, probably steal it in three or four tries. And I was like, why can't I steal this thing? And then I like, because there's path actions. You can go up and coerce information out of them, knock them the hell out, recruit them to join you, steal from them. But then with the eight characters, they can do something in the day, something in the night. So you have like 16 different path actions. A lot of them are repeatable because obviously you don't have all eight people in your party at any time. So there's like three different ways to get the information out of the people. And I did that to the boy. And it was like, yeah, this kid's pretty scared so he's got this stuffed animal and it's really like this demon thing and he's got an agreement with it like when he gets scared at night the demon's allowed to eat part of his soul so he doesn't even remember being like scared or and i'm like holy fucking (laughs) holy shit i was not expecting you to go in there yeah and it's like and it works. The demon gets some of the kid's soul and the kid's not as afraid anymore. And it's just, it's just the way it works for them. Oh my God. <laughs> I did not expect the story to go that way at all. And like I said, like I have found no way, no shape, no how this kid part of any side quest or anything at all. It's just a random person that I walked into in the corner of a random town on the edge of the map. Like oh my God. And I'm like, Holy crap. They spent so much time on. And that's the littlest details. And then you've got eight stories with the characters. A couple of them are just like, ah, you know, this could have been your JRPG trope of tropes. Um, and then some of them are like, holy fucking shit, man. The body count adds up fast and like shit gets real. And like, as I was complaining, it's the Bravely games. Like, I don't, I don't get to kill people. Like eh, some of these 
some chapters are it's just happy go lucky and you're battling them because hey you know what i want to be the best this person i want to be the best comedian let's have a joke battle blah 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 and you, you battle them at the end like yay we put on a good performance um and then some people like you are ah man the smell of their blood that was that was intense cool they're dead now and just like holy shit like slavery and all this stuff gets discussed and you know when we had the dancer there was obviously the exotic dancer prostitute in the first one hey, you're walking in bordellos in certain parts of town and rent octopath too so i mean it, it goes a lot of places and then of course the battle system's just amazing they made like one little tiny tweak to it they added a uh, like an ultimate attack kind of thing oh, okay that, you know so like it, it would be almost like an s break for the other one they just and other than that it's 99 percent the same as the first one and why not and then they added uh these cross pass chapters that have been in the uh advertising where you start getting um partnered up the the guys partner up and actually talk to each other as you're going around the town and doing trying to solve a little problem uh they're pretty small but hey it, it addresses the what people said about the uh you know not a lot of character interaction in the first one and I still think they could go farther because, like, in the individual chapters, you still get something like, oh, what are you going to... Like, you get to the final boss and they're like, you're really going to try taking me on? What are you alone going to do against me? And, like, all you got to do is have that character be like, I have my friends. Let's go. Instead of just like, I'll do it. And, like, come on, throw, throw a couple words in there to acknowledge the other people are with you. But, I mean... Whatever. I didn't care about that in the first game. I know so many people are like, I couldn't stand that the characters didn't interact. Who cares, man? You're getting eight complete stories that have, you know, beginnings, middles and ends like real resolutions. And then, as I was telling you beforehand, there's the uh, final chapter is definitely more signposted in this one than in the last one. And I was able to I was able to get through it pretty well. And yeah, I ground. I think I grinded in this one a little bit more. Um, And a big part of that is I was playing it before release. So I couldn't like Google, hey, where's a good place to grind or whatever. I was just like, "Eh." and I. I was just wandering around a hell of a lot more, I, which is I know what you do, which is helps you a lot in these kind of games. You, you usually wander more than me. Go see what's in every nook and cranny mm-hmm. and walk around. I, I think, like, like I said, the couple, two little things and I'm still like this is a five out of five. This is an awesome game. And like I said, I think feel it's a culmination of like what all these Bravely and Octopaths could be um going forward I, I you don't need to change it up this much this is like as jrpg ass as jrpg and that's a good thing like this 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 game shows why i really love jrpg games mm-hmm. parts of it are tropey parts of it are out of fucking left field and like holy shit parts of it you kind of get hints of along the way so the fact that they have eight stories and it doesn't all have to be one or the other you're getting a parts of all of this all in one game and it's really awesome well that's pretty yeah. cool to hear that because i I've, I've been kind of curious like because thankfully you've not been telling us like all these kind of details and stuff and kind of keeping us in kind of a low down you know that's spoiling too yeah, much stuff. I, but i only give the non-spoilery the screenshots yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were given I, well i should i say i was giving plenty a hard time about that when he shared one last night i'm like dude spoiler walk come on man it's completely nothing <laughs> i think it was the dirty joke one <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's just nothing. <laughs> but um, no, it's it's awesome to hear that you know you have such a high opinion of it, and um, you know, like you said, both of us really enjoyed 
uh, Octopath one. So uh, this is definitely one that I'm super excited to play whenever my copy shows up. So <laughs> I'm playing hey, you know what? Time, so. you, you get it. You get it completed. Maybe you and I have a little uh, another side quest with uh, going in depth with about it. I know. I, I wanted to do that with the first game, too. But I, we'll, we'll see. Maybe it'll be a double feature. <laughs> oh, yeah, could be. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about both. But all right. But um, so now we are now. Now we're actually on. Now four. we're at your game four. <laughs> yes. Now we're on. We're down two, to the top number two four, whatever, whatever we want to call it. Uh, for my next one, um, this is a game that usually pops into my head when somebody brings up RPGs, like what's one of your favorite ones. And in particular, it's what I would consider my favorite game, uh, favorite, excuse me, my favorite RPG from Atlas, but also one of my favorite games from them is Shin Megami Tensei's Strange Journey. So this is one that, again, it was one of those games that it just got stuck in my brain for whatever reason. Um, so back when Nintendo Power was still around, they had a preview article for um, Strange Journey. Uh, it showcased some of the uh, characters, showed how there was this, you know, this strange like environment where there's like, looks like there's a shopping mall. There's this red light district there's this like war-torn area it's like well what the heck kind of rpg is this like I mean, it's called strange journeys but why is it going to such like crazy locations and i remember the character design sticking out the most for characters like bugaboo uh mastema the black wing angel uh horcus who's this giant pig dragon monster who's you know like this was this is before i had played any other shin Megami tensei game so i was just kind of like in the total dark on how things were with this series uh but it always stuck in my head so about two years later, after seeing that article, I had gone to see, um, what was that? I think the first Avengers movie in theaters with a buddy of mine. And um, we stopped off at a GameStop after we got done seeing the movie. And when we're looking through the games, I see a case, uh, a DS game case. I pull it out and I'm like, holy shit, I know this. This is that. This is from that game for Nintendo Power. Because I, I recognize the Demonica suit, which is this total like 70s, 80s ass-looking um, spacesuit that character designer uh, uh, Kaneko made from uh, who's one of the, who's one of the main designers for the uh, SMT series from Atlas. It's this total retro-looking suit, but it looks kind of cool, too, as in this odd, strange way, which is fitting, strange journey. But um, I finally picked, the, I picked up that copy because I finally found this game that had, I'd been always remembering in the back of my head, like, what was that DS game? What was that DS game about? had all the strange pictures in it. And when I finally played the game, I absolutely loved it. Like, Strange Journey is one of those games for me. It's got a few little hiccups in its design, but for me, it's a it's a 10 out of 10 experience. Like, I absolutely loved this game from start to finish. Um, why I like this game, just kind of quickly talk about it. Um, I enjoyed uh, the like the environments and how each area of the Schwarzwald is supposed to represent you know something different from humanity. Where like uh, the first section, Antlia looks like um, first looks like a cave in Antarctica. That's that's where the game uh, starts you off, and this great big like uh, cosmic abnormality called the Schwarzwald is starting to appear. Uh, which in the story, it actually is based on a real scientific um, philosophy too from a German scientist, where the Schwarzwald was this possibility that if things start going too bad on earth that it will start engulfing and try and rebirth the planet and that's essentially what's happening so you're this team of um you know top scientists uh, uh engineers uh soldiers um funny enough platy you might appreciate it too you, you maybe you know so when you played it that ever all of them have sort of a star trek sort of uh, classification thing going on where like soldiers are red medical is blue um <laughs> comms and stuff they are in yellow so <laughs> A little bit of a Star Trek influence there for color schemes for some of these characters, uh, depending on what the role is. But um, I really enjoyed how 
you know, it's these characters who are thrown into this situation that, you know, it, there's parts of it that seem familiar because of like Sector Antley up. You have this cave that starts off in Antarctica, uh, getting back to that point. Uh, this cave that starts off in like Antarctica. It's a frozen like wasteland kind of cave. But when you get far enough down into it, suddenly the scenery changes to this war-torn um, rural village, like European kind of style setting where you see bomber planes up in the sky dropping uh, multiple bombs as they're flying over. Uh, when you look at the ground, you'll see that there are... Uh, charred remains of humans you get to the end of that section and you start learning where the demons are uh, you know planning to attack the planet which is where you then start to running across um how the demons are based off of different creatures from folklore mythology uh, religions all sorts of stuff from the real world and as you travel through the sports belt you start to see that all of these locations that you go to are all based on different aspects of humanity and like how the demons uh, view what humanity is doing is bad. Like you have um, Antlia with its uh, war-torn section being like how, you know, humans go to war. Uh, you have Sector uh, Karina, which is supposed to look, which looks like this just disgusting, like over-the-top shopping center where there's all of these crazy uh, supplies and uh, items and things all lining the shelves. Like you've got like stuff like the mundane like cereal um, snacks, uh, milk. And then you get to some parts where the NPCs tell you, oh, yeah, if you look down this aisle, they have, like, tanks and missiles, and there's an alligator in a cage down there. What exactly is this place? <laughs> you have <laughs> you have this weird stuff going on. But it all ties into, like, how the Earth itself and, like, this, the creator of the Schwarzwald, which you meet very late in the game, um, views how humanity is, like, uh, changing the planet for the worse, and that um, if humanity doesn't do something, you know, the Schwarzwald's just going to completely engulf it. Uh, everything's going to be re uh, reborn. And, you know, as you start learning more about this that's when some of the other factions start coming into play like you meet the, the blackwing angel mastema uh you start meeting this mysterious barefoot woman with blonde hair um oh so subtly named louisa fair <laughs> i wonder who that <laughs> could possibly be <laughs> but you start running into some of these other characters and even you run into another group of humans that have entered the schwartzwell who are trying to just conduct business and trying to use the materials and technology that they have uh, picked up from within this, you know, strange anomalous uh, location to take back to the real world, even though there's um, this giant black hole that's essentially engulfing the planet. All these demons are starting to appear in countries around the world. Militaries are trying to fight them off. They're just concerned about making a profit. And, you, you know, you come into contact with them. You have you eventually, you know, cross paths with some other characters. And even some of the characters you've been with, uh, with, with you for the entire game, they start to um, change as things go on. But they're characters that are with you for the entire game. So when seeing these changes occur within them, you know, they kind of subtly happen over the overarching uh, story before there's just this final moment where we're finally, you know, like cements them like, OK, uh, this character on the strike team, he's now in the, you know, he's your chaos rep. He has sort of those little bit of that indication early on. But he's, you know, such a close companion that when it finally does happen, you're just like, oh, oh, like, no, I just, you know, good companion just left. He's going on a different path than I am. It's there. There was, a, there's a lot of stuff about strange journey. Like, I don't, I don't want to go too ramble and go talking too long. Cause I'd like to just talk about this at some point. It's in too the, late. Just, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this whole fucking episode is just like, yeah, but, um, I, I really do enjoy the narrative and in both the actual storytelling, like what the game talks to you about, uh, I like the gameplay loop a lot where you get like these nice little story sections before each uh, area you go to. You then go into um, the new dungeon slash uh, sector of the Schwarzwelt. Um, and you get you get a, a nice amount of time to explore, you know, get in the combat. You have some little scenes spaced in between. 
to me, this is a game that has a very good balance between like trying to get its gameplay, its story, and its characterization um, all in a nice uh, loop for the player. When you get to the end, you know, you have the uh, classic Shin Megami Tensei stuff coming in then where you have uh, your option to, if you want to be like the law-aligned character, if you want to be neutral, you know, try and save humanity, or if you're going to go chaos and just like, you know, let the whole Schwarzfeld, you know, engulf the entire planet and let things reset. And there's some really cool designs um, for the environments themselves, like even though I can't stand this place at all uh, because of its dungeon layouts, uh, Sector Aridinus, which is like the fifth major area of the game, it's this like science versus what is that? Nurture versus nature, like science, like science mm-hmm. or technology versus nature, whatever argument you want to use for that. Because part of it looks like um, this beautiful like hedge maze garden, but then when you get to the center of the place, there's this like inorganic uh, material-based tower where there's all of these TV monitors, like, flashing stuff. And then when you get to certain parts of the dungeon, you then start to see there's this strange hybrid of the two, of technology and nature, forming the walls. And as you're trying to go through, um, you know, make your way to the top to, you know, get to this um, access point or the vanishing point of the Schwarzwell to potentially, you know, destroy it for good. Just there's little environmental things like that, too, along with the actual storytelling that uh, really, for me, just cements, you know, the strong narrative that um, Shimigami Tensei games can go for without necessarily having to be like upfront about it. This game does have quite a bit of dialogue and text to it, but it to me it was never a point where it was like boring, where it was like, oh, there's a bunch of cutscenes or like the beginning has, you know, a lot of text to it. It never felt boring because it does a good job setting up what goes on with the story and getting you into, uh, you know, getting you invested in these characters and the situation that they're thrown into. Um, I don't really have too much else to say other than this game does has one does have one of my favorite soundtracks uh, from an rpg just because i like how um i talked about recently on the discord and brewerians discord with um, one of the other members there when i mentioned that i really like how atmospheric a lot of the music is for setting up like uh the situations that you're getting into like one of my favorite scene songs is the song prayer which is the uh main theme of the red sprite where it has this kind of marching beat to it and the background goes like dun, it's sort of a gentle melody but at the same time with the snare drums like playing in the background like doing that sort of thing every once in a while you feel like you can't fully relax even though this is your time of peace you have to remember that you have to go back out there get ready for combat and just it's things like that that really make this game stand out to me both back when i first played it and even now talking about it again because this is a game that i can just vividly remember so many parts of it and um you know i i've been going on for a little bit about this one but bottom line a strange journey whether it's the original or you know the 3ds version which added a a few new things which i I like most of that i might like most of those new additions for the most part um this is a game that really to me is just a really standout rpg and one that when most people who you talk to have played it you are like oh yeah that strange journey was such a you know, an interesting experience, such a fun experience, or it's one of my favorite SMT games. And um, for me, this is definitely like when I think of like an Atlas RPG, like this is one that to me just, you know, it hit it hit all the, the nails on the head. It just it, it's a personal 10 out of 10 for me. But now that I've talked, uh, Platt is probably asleep now by now. I have to listen to me talk. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Oh, man. Right. I, know, I did, my, did my grocery shopping for the week and uh <laughs> <laughs> if there if there's one thing that both play and I are good about, it's that we have we can just keep talking about things that we love and, and keep going on and telling all sorts of 
details about it. But um, yeah, but, you know, uh, I, I think I, I think I will back off on this next one because um, I know I've talked about it and others in the series before. But uh, Rune Factory, I could not be happier that Rune Factory has returned to being a thing. Um, and I think my favorite, and maybe it's again a little bit of recency bias. This could change in a few months because of uh, Rune Factory Three coming out, a re-release, and I, I never really was into game media back when I played a lot of these on the DS and 3DS because um, the series went away for a long time. But everybody is like, oh, super excited about Rune Factory Three, and I'm excited because since I've reviewed four and I reviewed five, I'm kind of hoping, crossing my fingers for the review code for three whenever that comes available. Um, but Rune Factory Four, I would say, is definitely one of my top five like favorite things to go back to. The fact that I've played it through twice, um, I put a good 125, and and like when I say 125 hours, that's my second most game played on my 3ds ever i i don't put hundreds of hours into games like a lot of people replay much so i've got like dragon quest uh nine <laughs> your uh one i've got like 140 hours on and then coming in second i've got rune factory 4 on there on the 3ds and i played it again when it came out uh the special edition on the switch it's just you know, something that when I was in college and most of high school and college, I did not play a lot of um, JRPGs or console games. Mm. I skipped the whole PS1 era. Uh, didn't really play anything on Game Boy or Game Boy Color until after I graduated college. I played a lot of real time strategy or just games on the computer. I played a lot of Heroes of Might and Magic. But what got me back into doing um, even like coming back to Super Nintendo, I barely played my Super Nintendo when I was young. But getting me back into it was Harvest Moon, playing it on an emulator. And I followed Harvest Moon for a little bit. And then when I saw that, it, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, after a couple games, whatever, I'm growing stuff, I'm getting married, it's the same game. But then when Rune Factory came out and I could do a little battling and have that like real RPG experience, plus plant a bunch of crops, I was like, yeah. And it culminated with Rune Factory for just that game had three different complete story arcs. Like you went through a whole game, had a story arc 30, 40 hours in you won. There was ending credits. It was like, cool. Then I was like, well, you know, there's this other thing going on. Like, oh, okay. So boom, another 30, 40 hour story arc and like great, cool. Um, and on the 3DS, random town events would happen and it would you'd be locked into basically like a side quest kind of story going until you completed it. And they happened randomly. Well, there was a whole third story arc in Rune Factory 4 that you just had to kind of randomly get that side quest going and it would turn into a third story arc. I got pretty lucky. That happened, so I was able to go through the whole story arc. I've got friends that it never happened and um, never heard this problem on the Switch copy. They must have tweaked it to be like the next story thing once you beat the game. And I didn't beat it, at least on the 3DS or on the Switch. I was like, all right, I've already put like 70, 80 hours in here. I've seen credits twice. We're into post-game stuff where you got to really do some power leveling and stuff. I'm, I've already done that once. I don't need to do that again. But just, you know, all the characters in Rune Factory games, there's so many to talk to. Um, there's so much crafting in the games. It's just amazing how much crafting there is. Um, I think I've amazed people before by like, you know, there's always like seven or eight different weapon classes that you can get. There's short swords, there's 
long swords, there's dual blades, there's fight with gloves, there's magic staffs, there's always axes, uh, pole arms like spears and maybe one or two other things. Um, oh, there's always a club type weapon. And each of those usually has 70 or 80 different types throughout the game. So you're looking at, you know, 500 different weapons in these games and just the amount of recipes that you can cook. Um, and then there's all the armor and helmets and shields and blood. I mean, there's a thousand things that you could be crafting in the game and whatever. And that and growing the crops and raising crop levels, because I think I don't know if three had it um, about to refind out this year, but four definitely had it. You could start raising the levels of your crops. You know, you have a level one tomato, a level two tomato, a level three tomato. Um, and as long as you were raising it in good soil and had good fertilizer, you could raise it when the uh, thing grows, you throw it in the seed thing, and now you've got level five seeds. Go plant the level five seeds, harvest the level five thing, stick it in the uh, seed creator, and you get level six seeds. So, I mean, there's always so much to do, always so many numbers and stats, and just really wrapped around a kind of low stakes kind of battle system that even, you know, ARPG newbie like me could always do very well at and some of the games i could just craft gear that would be incredible that would allow me to be in the fights way more than my skill level would uh, allow me to ever be just i've loved all the rune factory games for different ways and then I, I think four has been the most complete five had technical issues i still really enjoyed it it's the only game though i never got married in because i kind of got lost at one point in what the story was trying to do with side quests and just got so invested in the main game and after a while i was like oh i've never really raised a lot of um friendship levels with any of the other characters <laughs> and i was like i've, I've kind of kept everybody in the town I, I think i got to the quest where it was like get everybody in the town to like friendship level five and i did that and then i was like you know what i haven't really seen many side quests going on and thought it was like a glitch and then realized that everything's on the map but i never went to the south of town to the beach because there's really no need to during the day, I'm always heading elsewhere to go. And sure enough, like the person whose side quest I was on was hanging out on the beach every day. And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Had I just <laughs> gone that way, like I could zoom out and see the whole town. I'm like, huh, there's no quest marker. I guess they're not around today. And, you know, it wasn't bad, but I know a lot of people find the story of the guy who could turn into the little woolly in Rune Factory 3 to be their favorite. So I played them out of order. That was the second Rune Factory game I played. So we're at like 13 years now, 10 years plus, like I, I barely remember Rune Factory 3. So I'm excited to revisit that because Rune Factory 4, I've put a good 200 hours into and just really loved it. See, I, I just imagine now your character everybody in town was just like oh yeah that's the weird loner that lives on the outskirts of town <laughs> nobody knows what he's doing out there but we're all decent friends with him <laughs> he just keeps he just keeps to himself man just smile and nod when he comes into town act like I he's am. your friend yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody acted like i was they were friendly well they didn't want to make you mad they didn't know what you were gonna see, do see. <laughs> but no uh, yeah, you you definitely have talked about Rune Factory a lot over the years too, and I've, I've always kind of gotten the impression that four was your favorite. So I got there. We go. We got. We have the recorded proof once again, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. Well, we've come to the very last entries for both of our lists. Platy, you guessed it, and this was actually yep. one of the games where I was not sure if I wanted to go with this one or the ninth entry because mm. it's, it's one of those things where it depends on my mood. Truth be told, but I decided for this list and. 
to go with a game that was one of the games that really got me more into RPGs and, you know, probably, you know, even though I had played some before it, um, without this game, we might not even be doing this episode right now. Uh, and that is Final Fantasy IV. So, you know, way back on our very first episode of SideQuest, we talked about Final Fantasies 1 through 6. That was like, what was that, like two or three years ago when we did that episode? But when did we do that? It was like, when that was that during COVID? What? Yes, we did. We started it in 2020. So like August, it's almost three August, years. Then. Something like that. Yeah, well, three years this year, I guess. But um, but yeah, so, you know, way back we talked about it. I, and I mentioned this probably multiple other times, too, that Final Fantasy four is one of my favorite games of all time. It's one of my favorite RPGs. And this was an RPG that really got me into RPGs because uh, before um, playing Final Fantasy four, I had played a few like I had played uh, the Paper Mario games like uh, the first one on the 64, on the Nintendo 64, uh, Thousand Year Door. I had played a little bit of Pokemon. I had played uh, Dragon Warrior Monsters 1 and 2. But I wouldn't say any of those games necessarily made me a fan of RPGs or what RPGs can be about. Uh, when it came time to, again, bringing up Nintendo Power for this one. Uh, when it came time to renew uh, my issues of Nintendo Power and my subscription, I uh, was looking through one of the subscriber you know bonuses where it's like, hey, if you you know resubscribe, you get this free, you get a free uh, player's guide from Nintendo Power themselves. And I'm looking through them, and I none of them really caught my eye, and I already had some of them, so I then see one of them was Final Fantasy IV, and I remembered seeing a little blurb about the game in a Nintendo Power issue where they kind of went over some of the bosses from it, and like, oh hey, you know if you're gonna get to this boss, here's a Here's some advice for you to try and take it down quickly. And I'd like, you know, I'll go ahead and I'll get the full guide for it. You know, it's the only thing on here that I'm really interested in. So, you know, we'll see what it's like. And I was really taken in by the artwork, uh, Yoshitaka Amano's artwork for the game, because a lot of that's featured in the guidebook. Um, just the idea of like kind of this travel across like the like this overworld. You have this underworld where like the dwarfs live and then you end up going to the moon. I'm like, oh, that's a that's a cool idea. Like that's pretty crazy you're going to all these different places so eventually i found a copy of the game uh played through it um whatever whatever summer it was that i ended up getting it and you know what it was one of those games where once i finally did play it it was again one of those things where when i you know started to play it, i really got invested in the characters and the story and even though like with the dragon quest example that i played a game when he was dipping his list like there are games that have done it better from final fantasy um final fantasy 4 is still one to me that just it has a lot of sentimental value Probably a little bit of nostalgia why it's a favorite of mine. But you know what? To me, this is a game that still really holds up because I first played it on the Game Boy Advance version, which added some new content, you know, retranslated stuff, added a little bit more details for the characters. And I really just like what I've played, and I've enjoyed revisiting this game over the years across the different versions. And um, whenever people bring up Final Fantasy, like Final Fantasy IV is one of the very first games that I think of, whether it's Final Fantasy, whether it's RPGs. Um, I really enjoy the ca the main cast of the game quite a bit. I like how Cecil, uh, the main character, kind of struggles with um, whether he wants to keep his Dark Knight role or if he wants to, you know, just get rid of this blade entirely because of all the things he's done. Uh, you have his love interest, Rosa, who is unfortunately a bit more of a damsel of distress, but she's also the rock for Cecil who keeps him, like, wanting to stick on that path and, like, he wants to improve for her as well, as well as her just wanting to always be there to help protect him and, you know, use her white magic to help uh, anyone that she can. Uh, you have Kane, his best friend, who's a dragoon, who is a little bit jealous. And you're not really sure throughout the game, like, was he getting controlled by the main villain, uh, Golbez, or was he doing it of his own free will, like, turning against them? It's never, it's one of those things where it's kind of a gray area where you're not 100% sure, but he has a nice little character arc. And it's it's gotten better, too, with some of the remakes that have come out as well. And you have this revolving 
what I like to call the revolving door cast, where as you travel through the game, you'll get different characters that join up. Uh, they'll have their own plots going on. You'll like you have the the prince of um, the kingdom of Damsian named Edward, who disguises himself as the the infamous you Spoony Bard from Tella. <laughs> uh, you have characters like Palam and Porum, who are these young twin mages uh, from the town of Mysidia, which Cecil attacks at the very beginning of the game. Uh, and even though you know, even though they're used uh, to to spy on Cecil to see if he's actually able to complete the task set to him by um, traveling to Mount Ordeals to become a paladin. You know, they become, you know, steadfast companions and they look up to Cecil and like Sage Tella. And you just have like, a, a it's a very solid cast in my opinion. And for this being, you know, originally being an early a Super Nintendo game, I think it still holds up pretty well with its some of its story and character writing. Some of it's also just like, oh my God, RPG trope number 362 for some of the stuff that happens in the plot but i can appreciate hey, it that wouldn't the, be a jrpg if it didn't have some of that in it exactly exactly and you know what for like the time this came out too and that's one of the things like i appreciate about the game as well like this is one of the games that really started helping push for more narrative in rpgs with like games like this like fantasy star 2 like th- these are ones that really started help pushing that and you know what for it being you know as simple as it is kind of like with some other games from this era. I think it still holds up pretty well. It's a simple but understandable slash uh, fun story. You know, it, stuff happens. They're just like, oh my gosh, no, this happened. But, uh, oh, look, like Sid comes in, you know, saves the day. You thought he was down. Oh, no, you can't put Sid down. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those just kind of fun rides. It's uh, kind of like, just like a fun, like, action flick almost, where just the craziest stuff can happen, and you just get sucked in and you just enjoy it. And for me, like, Final Fantasy IV just has a lot of like great environments that you travel through a lot of great music from Nobuo Uematsu, uh, probably one of the best boss themes that he wrote for the series as well, with just the regular boss theme with that great opening going do, 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 it's great. It gets you in the mood for a fight. It's so good. And this is just a game that like with every version that I've played, I've never once gotten bored with it. Like even when I played the three, the 3d remake on the DS, which really changed a lot of stuff about the game. That was still, you know, such an interesting experience. I love that. It was a great new take on the game. But this is a game that, you know, when I played it, it got me more into other RPGs. You know, played more Final Fantasy, started looking into other series, you know, eventually got back to Dragon Quest with the main games. Just overall, like, this is a game that I have a lot of love for, both for getting me excuse me more into other rpgs and other games with this kind of style to it but just for still you know standing up to the test of time and just being you know a fun solid rpg this is this is to me like one of the classic rpgs like if you want to you know get your feet wet with an rpg you know this is a good one to start with it's simple to learn easy to play got a good story and characters uh nice gameplay loop going on uh, you know, constantly changing party, kind of keep things fresh for you. But yeah, that is my number that this would be my number one pick. The rest of these were all in like just whatever order. But if I had to pick like, you know, a game that'd be like, yep, this is my one of my favorite RPGs. You know, number one, Final Fantasy IV. Got to go with that. So Excellent. with all that said, play. Hey, I, that's even a game that I played a couple times. I played it on the Super Nintendo. Don't know if I did any of the GBA versions, but I know I did the uh, the DS remake. So it, it was always Good. It's always good. I'd put it better than a Chrono Trigger. There you go. <laughs> There's some high praise. <laughs> it's, cert- it's certified, certified uh, fresh. Then. Certified better it. than meh. <laughs> All right. Well then, play. All right. So. I, I'm really curious what your number one's going to be because. Uh, you have a guess? It, well, no, because I thought it was going to be Persona 4. <laughs> so, I, all right. I'm not I'll sure what it's going to be then. <laughs> at this current time, at the time that we're recording it, it is not part of a series. Okay. But apparently it soon will be. It will be. Um, 
Was it a recent release? Not at all. Oh, um, boy. Well, I don't want. I don't really feel like playing Twenty Questions. Um, all right. Just go ahead and spill the beans. <laughs> well, it, it shares the the first word is the same as the last word of your last game. Fantasy. Oh, yeah. it's it's Fantasy Life. Duh. Yes, Fantasy Life. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that one, man. And uh, imagine my surprise out of absolutely fucking nowhere from a developer that I was like, well, they were fun. Um, level five, putting out Fantasy Life I, whatever the hell the I means. Um, the long-awaited sequel. Yes, yeah, so the long-awaited sequel. Um, the, hell, there was supposed to be like a phone game sequel, and it, that never even materialized, uh, at least not over here. Um, but Fantasy Life, this was uh, on the 3DS, and going back to what I was saying about Rune Factory, whereas Harvest Moon was my gateway into um, farming games, and then, you know, you add a little bit of battle elements, you know, a very simplistic kind of action RPG compared to something like Ease with uh, Rune Factory 4. Well, imagine if you took Rune Factory 4, gave it a job system, and took away the farming. Well, that's fantasy life. It was just a little chibified action RPG where you could pick from 12 different jobs. I mean, and you could really just go deep. You could do a paladin. Um or a mercenary or a hunter or wizard. They were your main fighter people. Like if you were going to go out and actually like try to get resources from animals, um, you could be a miner or a woodcutter or an angler. If you wanted to go out and get resources from like fishing or wood or mining stuff, uh, you could be an alchemist or a carpenter or a blacksmith or a cook or a tailor. If you wanted to take all those items and then make stuff out of it, alchemist obviously was like making spells and potions or the carpenter would be building furniture because every main town that you ended up in, you'd get a new house. So you needed to furnish three, four or five houses. Um, to decorate stuff there's blacksmith making obviously your weapons and armor the cook making food to you know eat along the way and heal you you had the tailor who could also make like leather armor and gloves and some other uh basic stuff that you could use in the game i think also they'd make like the drapes or i think they could do stuff with the um, what is it, the furniture in the house to make it look different as well. So just 12 different jobs. You could go at any time and switch between them. It wasn't like they had like set times that you could switch. It was just like any time you could be like, ah, you know what, peace out. I'm going to go over here and do this another way. Switch your jobs. And it is uh, the third of my 100 plus hour games on my list here. Dragon Quest Seven. 3DS would have been the fourth. So honestly, we've pretty much mentioned all the games I've put over 100 hours to in on my 3DS, but I, I just absolutely loved it. I don't know what got in me. It was level five as level five hell could get. And I did all the side quests. I did all the quests. I bought the DLC, um, which probably you've got about a month or two left to buy on the 3DS store if you've got money already there. But they had a DLC that added, an, and it wasn't cheap. I want to say it was like a $15 or $20 DLC that added a whole extra continent. And all 12 of these jobs had tasks to do um, to level your job skill up. And 
at the end of the game game, like you could get up to master creationist of all of you. You could be master paladin, master carpenter, whatever. I did that. I got all the way, did everything. And I can't tell you how many times I played that damn rhythm game to make the alchemy and the tailoring and the uh, <laughs> carpentry. It was all it was all button pressing because you could fuck up you could try to make a nice chair for somebody and if you didn't press the buttons at the right time it wasn't a good enough quality chair and then you wasted your beautiful wood that your woodcutter job had got you and you know the tapestry that your tailor had made and everything and now you got kind of this ruined crappy level chair um and I, I want to say some of the side quests or like the quest checklist was like make a chair that's of excellent quality out of oak, make an oak level chair or make the entire pine furniture suite or something like that. And I did it all. I did it all the way up for the main game, 100%. And then when you bought the DLC, it opened up like this um, whole nother continent in the sky. You went up there. It was a celestial realm and it was a whole nother like overworld to go over. You got a new house. You got all these new quests. And every job level suddenly had one more tier. So like it add, I want to say there were four tiers to begin with. And then this added a fifth tier. It added like another 25% to the game again. And I got everything up. I know except for two jobs. And I know one of them was a wizard because it was like, you know what? Some of these tasks started getting like uh, Dragon Quest nine level unlockable shit. Like, you know go beat a slime with no equipment on and only using your fists while they're asleep or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh my God, how do you make this happen? Um, now I will say the ones that I didn't finish, I know they were for wizard and they were for something else. And it was, it was just skill based. I was like, I cannot go beat the fucking red dragon. That's got 10,000 hit points with fire magic. Cause fire magic barely hurt a red dragon or something like that. I don't know. So I did, 10 of the jobs I took from like master class to God class. And then two of them, I just, I, I, I fell a little bit short and I'm always like, I'll go back to that one day. Never have, but you know, who knows if fantasy life, I is any good and gets me as invested. Maybe I will go back and plug it in and see if it's a, a <laughs> It's good to go back to, as I remember, and gosh, Fantasy Life I is going to have even more expectations put on it than ever Oasis. So, dear God, poor game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Speaking of our Games We Love to Hate episode. I'm surprised that game didn't end up on uh, your favorite or your meh list. It it was definitely, it should have been on the meh list, but... uh, I think I already fired my shots at that one last year. And it also, it, it really suffered from not being Fantasy Life 2. So, uh, yeah. well, it was my, it was like, nah. Well, it was, for your it was, sake, I'm meh. hoping that this new one is going to be, you know, worth the wait for not a proper sequel for a while. <laughs> yeah, gosh, 10 years, 10 years plus. I don't know, that little eye in it is like really worrisome. Like, what the fuck is that eye there for? Yeah, I don't like, get that either. Like, when I, I watched that trailer, finally, I'm like, what does the I stand for? And, and the first thing I saw people say is, like, that's like a mobile gaming convention name. And I'm like, oh, this better not be some crappy spinoff thing. Like, did they take that mobile game that they were going to make nine years ago and actually just bring it over to the Switch as a kind of gotcha game? No, please don't be that way. Don't be I that hope, way. Be a proper yeah, game. I hope it's not that way, too. I don't know if it's one I'm going to get, but I, I, I hope they don't do that kind of crap. I, I think that's one I could not bear to review. I will not, like, fight anybody for the review copy of that because I think I need to get it and not have any expectations put on me to rush through it or something because if it's trash, I just need to put that aside because that will end up on my bottom five list very easily if I force myself to go through 
a bad sequel to a beloved game. And if it's meh, I'll just kind of work through it. And if it's amazing, I'll spend a lot of time with it. So I'm actually surprised I enjoyed Octopath Traveler 2 as much as I did, kind of being under my own little time restraint. Yeah, I was not expecting that to pop up on your list. (laughs) I, I was not either until, I mean, like about a week ago, I was like, I looked at my list and I'm like, man, do I take Persona 4 off for this? Like, I'm thinking so. And by the time I got to everybody's last chapter and started clearing up some stuff at the end and was like, oh, my gosh, I know where this is going. I know what the last chapter is probably going to be about. And I was like, this is this is damn good. I mean, first off, like probably my favorite two battle systems in the past dozen years have definitely been the trails and the octopath traveler battle systems. Like I kind of said the reverse of it with the saga games both these games like everything's right there you see the turn order you see what like if you you, like just putting the cursor over defend i can see where in the turn order somebody's gonna go in octopath it was always um you know you could break the characters and make them dizzy for a bit and get some extra good hits in there by knocking their shield points down and i just love the strategy of making sure you're knocking them down their shield points down while they still can attack that turn. Because if you do it then, you've knocked them out of that turn plus the next. Mm-hmm. Like, if they've already gone and you break them, then, well, they miss the next turn, but they don't miss two. Like, you know, sometimes not attacking at the end of a round, defending and going first the next round is the way to go because you're going to have one more shot. You're going to be able to knock them out. Like, a, just all the, like, it, just the numbers, the numbers and the strategy of being able to see everything, like, counting like okay if i do this and if i do that and i don't don't think i went on about how much i loved ochet this time the beast master and just finding the perfect beasts to capture that had skills that attacked everybody or attacked everybody twice even Mm -hmm. and hikari was the warrior and you could choose to duel any old townsperson and finding those townspeople like yeah that's the skill i want to learn i'm going to duel this fucker because he can do a knife attack that attacks three times in a row Mm -hmm. And the next time I show up at a boss fight, I'll be knocking his shields down pretty quick, as long as he's weak to knives. <laughs> but yeah, I did, I, a week ago, it would have been Persona 4, and just that blew, blew past the last 30 hours like onto my list. And again, like I said, it's kind of a culmination of everything that I've played from Bravely and Octopath over the past uh, six and a half years. Mm-hmm. In a vacuum, it probably wouldn't have made that much. Might have been a top 10, not top 5. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to have to see now at the end of the year if uh, this makes it into your top games of uh, 2023. We're, we're uh, at the beginning be, of March, so we'll, we'll I was going to say, let me let me tell you, if I if I had to pick my top three right now, it would be this. It would be uh, Rune Factory 3, and dear God, it better be a freaking Fantasy Life Eye. Because <laughs> <laughs> if not, man, I'm going to, it'll be on my shit list, big time. <laughs> Plenty will be writing his own hate mail, too, from I'll Level writing, 5's office. Yep. <laughs> Too bad they're not in America anymore. I can't go deliver it in person. Just take it to Nintendo. They used to publish their stuff. They can probably help you out. <laughs> oh, I think they are. They are publishing it now because their North American publishing is gone. Level fives. So yeah, they'll be published by Nintendo. That yep. and Layton and whatever other weirdo game they got coming out. Yeah, because Nintendo always had to step in for them for the longest time. Because like it was pretty much because of them that we got the Layton games back on the DS. Yep. Yep. Because for whatever reason, um, uh, level five was just like eh, no 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 that no you want that no no you don't want that do you but yeah i don't know i have uh, yep. well 
Woo! I guess we did. We'll find it. Yes, we did. I guess we're gonna find out soon if we're gonna get hate mail or not from this episode. <laughs> I mean, how many other times do we talk thirty games in an episode? Woo wee! I know. Well, that's why I'm glad we only had just uh, the two of us, because otherwise, if we had another person, we might still be going. <laughs> This All is right, fun. Well, I, I enjoyed this do, I enjoyed doing this episode. Yep. Um, as always, that's it for this episode of Slime Time Side Quest. Thank you, Genghis, for suggesting this episode um, and joining me to talk about all these games. Yeah, thank you for... Um humoring me and letting us do this episode idea i just like i said in the beginning I, this was just kind of a spur of the moment thing i thought up after watching that uh john carpenter list video from red letter media and i thought mm-hmm. i thought it would be an interesting thing to do just to you know see what sort of games we would both pick and there definitely were surprises for both of us i'd say <laughs> oh yeah our reaction so <laughs> but yeah so yeah this has been a lot of fun so thank you platy for letting us do this episode but you know, I think there's something we need to let the audience know before we um, end things off for the night. I know. You know, inflation, you know, it's through the roof recently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about the, all the supply line issues and the cutbacks we've needed to do. But, um, you know, we're still committed to not fucking using Patreon. Nope. 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 We don't use it. No. Nope. Screw it. But, you know, no, if you've no, got no. any gold coins, completely burning a hole in your wallet, pouch, bottomless bag, treasure chest, pot barrel safe, or even searchable wall sack, and you would like to donate anything to a website that's been supporting Dragon Quest fans for more than 20 years now, go on, stop by the Dragon's Den website at www.com, www.wudis.com slash den. Click on support this site. Woodis has owned and maintained that website for decades. And he personally edits every YouTube version of the podcast. He's probably going to have a heart attack when Yangus sends him all the screenshots of everything for our 30 games. And he fully appreciates <laughs> any donations to help the servers keep running. Oh, he's going to have a heart attack is right. <laughs> so uh, the Dragon's Den uh, website also features an Amazon affiliate link. Uh, if you click the link and then make a purchase on Amazon, a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den. It doesn't cost you anything, and it'll help Woodis keep the site going for another 20 years. That's right. Woodis even got a Slime Time t-shirt with the logo from our resident graphic artist, Dwayne Bullock, for sale on the den. Yes, and as part of the Dragon Quest Slime Time Extended Universe, or DQ Stew, Stew! You can direct comments or questions for the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time or consider joining in tons of DQ discussions at the Dragon's Den forums, one of the few remaining forums still around. Uh, find it from the Dragon's Den main page or at www.wudis.com backslash forums. You can also find us and other rabid DQ fans through Berurian's officially unofficial Dragon's Den Discord server. For more Dragon Quest Slime Time, side quests, or technically die, check out our library of episodes on the Dragon's Den, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, blah, blah, blah. Wherever you're listening to this, just make sure you subscribe and write a review. That would help us. Thanks. Uh, if you have any suggestions for any future side quest episodes or maybe seen another one of these kind of episodes with uh, other guests instead, you know, I'd be happy to hear from you. You can reach out to Platy uh, via PlattyM3 on, uh, excuse me, uh, you can reach out to PlattyM3 on Twitter or Discord or the Dragon's Den. Uh, you can also contact me, Yangus the Legendary Bandit, on the Dragon's Den via personal message, uh, via Twitter at Yangus the Legend, or on the Dragon's Den Discord. Just search for Yangus or Yangus the Legend. We have a list full of ideas and we'd be happy to add more. Bye, everybody. Side quest complete. Bye.